2: This is Emily, Henley,
0: and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies.
0: I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them and I tell you all about them so you can be in the know without having to get too scared. But before we get into this week's movie, did anything scary happen to us this week? Ah, oh, so many things.
2: So many scary <laughs> things, Henley. I mean, motherhood, I feel like everything is scary.
1: Well, first of all, I just took... (laughs) Actually, yes. Actually, yes. Um, I just took a sip of cold brew and my heart is about to rip out of my chest cavity. Oh, boy. So that's how I feel right now. I know that feeling. But I have been... I guess the scary thing is that my child is sick again. Um, (laughs) Not in any kind of serious way. So it's not legit scary, but just like scary in the sense that he's not sleeping. Yeah. And the realization that I have had about all of this is that he is not a good sleeper. We are not sleeping. Whatever. The thing about talking whatever. about the thing about talking about this is it's like telling someone like a trying to describe your dream to them or b complaining about having allergies or like the common cold. Yeah. People are like I don't fucking care. <laughs> like you don't get out of anything for this. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I'm not sleeping because of my kid. And everyone's like, you, you chose that. That's your
0: that's your it's your choice. A, it's a big deal, though.
1: Yeah, like, who's sleep telling is so you that? To... Because
2: that's really rude. <laughs> sleep is
0: so important. Okay,
1: here's the thing. No one would verbalize <laughs> that, but you have to admit it's what everyone's thinking. Like, no one cares. Like before, I had kids. If my coworkers were like, "Oh, uh, my kid is sick," I would be like. I literally don't care. You know
2: <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I think it is. I think unless you are a parent or you have, like, a very, very dear friend who's a parent, it is one of those things that's hard to, like, actually understand what that means. Like, like to actually understand, and I, I only barely do because I don't have a kid, but, like, to see in someone you love the, like, I'm really not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. Like, I never get a full night's sleep for, like, months on end. I, I'm, like oh the world should stop for that for you like that is actually insane i feel like i can't i whenever i try to complain whenever i try to complain to you guys about anything in my life i'm like oh i'm not like i didn't sleep very well last night or like oh my cats are being annoying i'm like don't tell henley that like her life is a mil like your shit doesn't fucking matter like that's how i feel compared to your
1: that nice. is simply not true also here's the thing is that at least in my experience for the first few months the hormones are just raging so you are like awake adrenaline is pumping you're not sleeping who cares it's, it's we're eight months in now and the hormones are gone over it. <laughs> the adrenaline's gone it's just I'm like back it's to just working tired fo- back to working full time Tim's like working full time and we're just like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> It
0: sounds it sounds really hard. OK, so it's scary.
1: So very scary. The one other really quick thing I just want to say, and I I need to think through this better, but I also so it's daylight savings time. We're recording this after daylight savings time. Yes. And so we spring ahead. Right. So we we gained we gained an hour uh, oh. while while we slept. No, we lost an hour. I don't
0: know. It confuses me literally every
2: single time.
1: We I'm like, lo- I have no I idea.
2: Is Is this. Is this daylight savings starting or ending? That's the one I can't remember.
1: Here's the thing that's scary to me. Starting.
2: Starting. (laughs) Here's the thing that's scary to me. (laughs) Starting. Okay, great. What's scaring you, Hans? Sorry. Is that
1: I don't know. How do we I, not know? Still, how are all three of us so confused? Happens twice a year for our whole lives. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to like reason with myself last night right before bed. I was like, all right, so Silas is going to wake up early. No, he's going to wake up late. No, he's going to wake up early.
0: No, he's going to wake up late. What time is Didn't it? Didn't we pass a law that this isn't supposed to happen anymore? i <laughs> oh, so too.
2: But I'm guess
0: i go- I'm not- writing a letter to my elected official right after That'll this. That'll
2: solve it. <laughs> that I'm always pissed. works. I love how much that works. Yep.
1: <sighs> anyway, those are my scary things is that I feel like there's something broken in my brain. And I'm yep. just so tired. And-, <laughs> and that's it. What about you guys?
2: I mean, I got nothing compared to that, but I, I will. I'm gonna give it. I'll just give a few little updates. I'm just gonna give you a few updates. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have, I have moved in with my boyfriend. It's been about a little over a month now, so we're like, we're getting in the groove. Uh, people wanted, people wanted to know about how the cats are doing. <laughs> give the people what they want, Emily. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give people what they want. I'm gonna give people what they want. The cats are doing. Great, you guys! I no, can't they are. believe it. They, they are great, and you know who's the shining star?
0: Maple, mabel?
2: mabel Obviously, yeah. hell like, yeah! <laughs> I, she's been so good. I'm so proud of her. I cried the other day looking at her in the living room with the other cast, just like sitting like an angel, and I like started tearing <laughs> up. And and was like, "Are you crying?" <laughs> um, I just am really proud. I'm really proud of everyone. I'm really proud of everyone. The one thing. So we we they're not fully incorporated, but we're at the stage where for a few hours a day, Mabel gets to leave her area and hang out with everybody in the like, living room, wherever she wants to be. And we'll do it for like an hour at a time, a couple of times a day. And they're all, they're doing great, though, like she spends a little time pacing. And every time she walks past one of them makes eye contact, like she'll do a little hiss, they'll do a little hiss. And they're like, OK. And then they're totally fine. Except every time it pretty much whenever we call it, it ends with. Out of nowhere, Mabel will just like go f- to attack uh the boy, Theo, who's like the only one who wants to be her friend. And I think that's why he like is so interested in her because he's just, a, power, like, a little sweet a kitten boy. And yeah. she's like, What did I fucking tell you? Like every time she's just like, <laughs> no. And and he but it makes him look so like sad and scared, and he like runs and hides from her, and I'm oh. like worried she's gonna become a little bully. I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to. But you know, also, sometimes I feel like we just got to let them do that. They just got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. She's not actually like attacking him. She's just like intimidating him. So we'll see. But I think we're approaching a, a day. I could see it. I could see the day where I don't have to orchestrate like who's in what room at what time. And I'm really looking forward to it. But they're doing great. I'm really I can't believe it. So proud. Of, so proud of all four. Of our cats. (laughs) Um, And then just some other fun stuff about living with someone. (laughs) I, um, first of all, like, we don't need to really go into this, but like men hate lists. Like, what is that? What is it about lists that, like, freak men out? <laughs> like, like we, like, like men are programmed to think a list means, like, homework or, like, like, and I'm talking, mm. like, like, and this is a recommendation by my therapist. Shout out to my therapist, who I love, was I was like, how do you figure out groceries? Like, how do you figure out what you're eating when you live with someone? I, like, didn't understand how. And she was like, well, you could put a list on the fridge. She's like, put a little notepad on the fridge. And I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking genius. So I put up a, a thing on the fridge and started, like, listing things out. And Joel walked in, he just like looks at it. He didn't say anything. He's like, he's a wonderful person. Um, But he was just like, he, and I could just tell, I was like, you have like feelings about this lit. Like the, like the idea of like a list being put on your fridge is like triggering to some part of the male brain of like, am I going to be made to like do homework? (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) People need to, maybe I'm being crazy. But I just feel like my, my ex before that was like really weird about like things being like written down, even if it was like not. Like you need to do this at this time It's just like here are some things like we have this Event coming up in three weeks let's Just remember that it's happening or like Oh we're out of milk and I really feel like men are like Ah scary <laughs> Anyway maybe I'm wrong about that But I just have been really caught up about The different ways that we are like programmed To exist in the world I
0: really thrive with lists to Lists t- to are be helpful
2: Lists are yeah. just straight up helpful It's too hard to remember all the things Lists are helpful. Organization is helpful. These things are good things. And look, gender is a construct, and all of this is like. But it's just, I just mean that. Like, I do think that way we, the way we bring up like the idea of being a woman in the world is like, you're organized, you're on top of things, you make lists. That's like expected of you, and that is not a thing that people freak out about. And then when a man, like if if Joel had been the one to put a list on the fridge, I feel like everyone would been like, whoa. That's crazy. He, he makes lists. Like, imagine a straight man making lists. I don't know. <laughs> I've already been talking about this for what feels like an hour. So um, I'm going to stop. But anyway, living with someone is really interesting. And, uh, and, uh, and we're, we're just, they're, they're my updates are that. One more. Just, sorry, I've been talking about an hour. Quick little update.
1: Wait, is just the- first of all, I have a hundred thoughts about the list. But we I simply we simply do not have time. We simply don't have time. But
2: like it, we will continue to talk about lists. I could
1: riff. On lists for the am next I wrong 45 or am I right? minutes. Am I
2: wrong or am I right? I think that
1: you're right, but things are changing and you could potentially be wrong soon. Does Tim soon. make lists? Tim does not make lists. However, if I make a list, he's open to adding to the
2: uh, list. And if
0: that's three men... It's I mean, okay. mean, the whole, all men. All of
2: them. All, yes, all men. No, um, I, I. <laughs> and again, Joel is open to the list. Joel is open to the list and he's been and he's been great. He added things to the list and he was like, I could tell he was like really proud of him. So he like wrote on the board. And he was like, did you see that? I like wrote some stuff on the list. Like, it's like very cute. It's like he's you wrote on the just board. I'm just saying that like it, it would never have occurred to him to start it. That's what I mean. It's not that he's against the concept of it. It's just like. He, it it I just we are expected to behave in the world differently, and I think lists are a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, what's just your so third? Emily,
1: what's your third? Sorry, thing? I've been
2: talking for so long. My third thing is just a small thing, which is this. You guys already know this, which is one night early on in in the living together process, I took a shower, washed my hair, and I was like, oh, I would like to wake up with wavy hair in the morning. I'm going to put my hair in braids and sleep in them, which is like a thing that women do. <laughs> sure, anyone can do it, but uh, I know that women do it so I <laughs> I did that and like look when you for me when I'm putting my hair in braids to like make it look a certain way in the morning the braids look crazy they're like it's not like a style in and of itself right you're it's not the, styling your hair it's curling it's the hair a pre-style. it's a pre-style and it looks insane Um, and Joel has never been there for that process like he's <sighs> he just sees the after and he like I was like he'd be like oh your hair looks cool and I'd be like oh yes I slept with it in braids he'd be like cool that's great I walked out of the room with my hair and these braids that looked insane. And he like he was like, what are you doing? Like, you look insane. What is... Like, all night. And he just, like, couldn't get over it. And he would be like, what is... What are you... What are these braids? And it just was such a moment of, like, this is living together. Like, you see every step of the process. And you never did before. And, and so now your brain is like, oh, okay, so... There's like putting, weirdness. Putting the pieces together. There's weirdness that happens that I have not Been privy to and I Couldn't believe how much the braids were blowing his Mind and I'll I think I did show you Guys a picture but I, I will <laughs> send It again maybe I'll post it I don't know they're not That crazy but it just like he kept Saying I looked like a British rapper <laughs> And he like couldn't get over It and it just really made me laugh About like okay yeah here we go Like here it is
1: I am laughing at the idea of you with these braids in, even just thinking about you. They were with funny. the funny. They were funny, but me to me,
2: they weren't crazy because, like, I always see you when I do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, of I know what it's like. Yeah. It's normal yeah. for you. Anyway.
1: Oh my God, Emily, what a fucking update. What
2: those are an update. all my updates. You
0: gave the people what they want. No one can say <laughs> Thank you didn't. You. No one can say that I did it. <laughs> Nobody can, no say, one you can, did
2: can it. say that I didn't do it. Oh my God, Sammy, what's up with you?
0: Um, mine's not really what's up with me, but just something that's happening in the world is that two billion genetically modified mosquitoes are being released. Stop it. To stop it um they're like they're releasing males that when they mate with females their babies will die and so it will like slowly reduce the population and the scary thing is like what a fucking evil mastermind this makes me feel like because i'm like yes yes (laughs) like i want that species i want it gone like (laughs) i I I truly Truly want... I like...
2: Nobody hates mosquitoes more than you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was going to say, I think I've talked about uh, it before, yeah, but I yeah. really, really hate mosquitoes. <laughs> I hate them so much. Like, nobody much. likes them, but nobody hates them like you do. No, except maybe the guy that made these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I My, like, windows in my apartment don't seal right, so mosquitoes get, like, in my house in summer, and it's just...
2: And there never used to be mosquitoes in LA and now they're fucking are and they're the worst.
0: They're everywhere. They're like year round. Oh my god. They I it's I hate them so much and the level of crazy i feel when they're like in my house when there's no safe space
2: <laughs> oh but like
0: oh my god wait
1: but i have a question is
0: anyone worried though about the yes, unintentional yes one lady is i'm worried consequences one lady is she was like we haven't done literally enough. just one lady well that was in the article i wrote it referenced one woman <laughs> I and just i was one like one lady's kind of
2: worried probably i was like
0: this lady needs to shut the hell up and that is also scary because i'm just so short-sighted i'm like i don't fucking care i want them gone and yeah it's like the thing what, it could be the thing that leads to like the end of the world
2: <laughs> We're already on that track though So we might as well get rid of the True. mosquitoes It's like it,
0: yeah I'd like to die In a world where mosquitoes don't exist So if that's the thing
2: <laughs> I'd like to die in it I wouldn't like to live in it I would like to die in a world where mosquitoes don't exist <laughs> Uh, yep
1: okay yep. all right no i agree with you however i just feel like it's gonna set off some kind of like massive chain reaction and like we're all gonna die really quickly really soon yeah, but maybe might. it will be in a world where mosquitoes don't exist so right? it'll that's be worth the dream. it that's the dream i think
2: the thing that's so freaky to me about that is it's uh, like for me i'm like okay if, if you're like i like i'm like oh you're releasing mosquitoes that like can't mate so then they'll never so like the, uh, the mosquitoes the idea that these mosquitoes Will cause their offspring to die. Is I know, like that's dark. What's the science behind that? And that is fucking scary. That's really
1: dark. That's really dark. That's a really good point. That's a fantastic point, Emily. Listen,
2: thank you. I don't fucking care. I want them gone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because this, this is
1: this is CRISPR, right? They use CRISPR to change yeah, the genes. I, yeah, I think so. Okay. It's a yeah. Funny
2: name for like a scary thing. It sounds like chips.
1: Yeah, it's a
2: or like a know. like the name for an air fryer.
1: <laughs> it probably is the same as an for the a Um, horrifying.
2: Okay. Well, I'm well, really happy for right. you, Sammy. Uh, I, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: Um, there's none being released in LA County yet, but you know, soon, hopefully, hopefully soon, and we'll get that mosquito-free world to die in altogether.
2: Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um,
1: Let's move on. I literally could talk about these topics. I'm not joking (laughs) for two more hours. We should move on. We should should move on. on.
0: We should get into this week's movie, which is Night of the Creeps. Came out in 1986, written and directed by Fred Decker, starring Jason Lively, Tom Atkins, Steve Marshall and Jill Whitlow. And we have a guest with us today who has been having some thoughts, I think, about our, <laughs> our conversation. Maybe he'll have something to say about lists. We're about to see. Um, it is Todd from The Horror Virgin. Woohoo! Hey guys. Welcome, Todd.
3: Welcome. Welcome.
4: So, first off, I don't know why Henley and Emily are only attracted to men who are list averse, but that's clearly a type (laughs) that you two have (laughs) and issues you're gonna have to deal with uh, in therapy. So I love lists. I use them all the time. Probably because I'm super forgetful though. Like I know if I don't write it down, it's out. I'm never gonna pick it up. I'm never gonna do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah.
2: That's good knowing yourself. You Mm -hmm. know? Like
4: that's Mm -hmm. When I was a kid watching The Matrix and the oracle was like, know thyself. I was like, I should write that down on a list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I did. And I remember it. So, yeah. Also, I'm looking forward to this, like, I don't know, mosquito-less apocalypse that we're all going to live in as Putin shoots nukes at us or whatever it's going to be. Hell yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also very anti-mosquito.
2: Whatever we can do to make the apocalypse a little bit easier. Can you imagine, like... The apocalypse and mosquitoes?
4: It's
1: too one too many things. No, it's, it's way too, too many, many things. things. Yeah, We're yeah. not stopping
2: the apocalypse. I mean, I so. could deal
4: with one or the other, but both? Come on. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> too much, too much. Um, well, Todd, did anything scary happen to you this week?
4: Um. So, yeah, something did. Well, I I came back from Austin. Uh, I was in Austin for a birthday trip with a friend of mine. We share a birthday. So his girlfriend and my girlfriend and I and two other couple friends, like eight of us went to Austin for the weekend. And then my brother was watching my seven animals that we talked a little bit about before we started recording. Um, And Mm -hmm. one of my cats, one of my five cats. Five cats, two dogs. Uh, one of them we could not find after he left and we just no. like couldn't find Where well, I was texting my brother Brian and I was like, did you see Stormageddon before you left? And he was like, yeah, I saw him that morning. Yeah, so we have crazy names. We call him Stormy for short. So did you see Stormy? Before you left, and he was like, Yeah, I saw him that morning. I remember feeding him. He's in the house somewhere. We looked oh for God. like an hour and could not find him. My girlfriend's like crying and oh. it's terrible.
2: Is we he a start... hider in general or no?
4: No, not typically. Unless there's something wrong, like all the animals will sort of hide if they're not feeling well or if right. like there's something wrong. That's a pretty common thing animals do. Anyway, so we thought maybe something's wrong and he's just hiding from us. So we were like looking around the house. We couldn't find him. We went outside thinking he may have gotten outside while Brandon was letting the dogs in and out. So we were like looking around outside for like probably 45 minutes we come back in my girlfriend's like distraught we walk into our like front room sort of area and our stairs to this to our bonus room are like right there and he's just sitting on the stairs like oh hey you guys are back oh no everywhere in the house for him like he's wanted to
2: punish you a little bit for leaving
4: he is that guy. Like, of he cat.
2: was, like, he was, like, following you guys. You would look in a room and he'd be like, great, right now I can go in there. And then you would go look in a room and he'd be like, okay, right now I can go in there. Yeah,
4: he is, he's the most skittish of cats. So my theory was, like, he came out for food, but then he just didn't want to be around my brother because he does not know him that well. So uh-huh. he, like, hid somewhere and then just didn't realize that we were home or, like, just, wa- just was enjoying being hidden because cats are uh-huh. like that. So, yeah. yeah. It was terrifying, though. I hated it. There's nothing it's scarier than, a like, losing- feeling. Yeah, then like, losing an animal.
2: Oof, oh, my oof, God. Oof.
4: But at least we, we found him. He's fine. He's doing fine.
2: Thank that God. is scary. Yeah. That is very scary. Especially when, like, I've had that feeling, too, when somebody else was watching your animals and then you can't find one and you're like, oh, no. Like, it's yeah. one thing if you know it's, like, I left the door open or, but, like, that feeling of, like is this also going to ruin a relationship with a person? And it was my He's brother.
4: Like, yeah, it's a <laughs> Who was super responsible. And like, I would be shocked if he did anything that led to like, uh, yeah. something happening to my, one of my animals. And he was very thrilled that we found him. He was like, good, I'm glad everything's good. But yeah, it was <sighs> terrifying. And I was like, I, am I never going to be able to talk to my brother again? Like, how do we how do we deal with this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would have been tough.
4: Oh man, but I wrote all of my thoughts on a list and then called him later. And we talked it out.
1: Perfect. lists are so important they are they are Wait, okay, so so Todd, obviously you are part of Horror Virgin, the podcast. Yes, I'm one of the three of us. Your whole thing with movies is you're scared of them,
4: right, usually? Well, horror... not all movies. It's just horror movies <laughs> specifically. <laughs> I'm not like, oh my God, pictures can move. Thank you for
2: that clarification. Is it magic? I don't know. Well, yeah. it's yeah. so, so, a specific
4: kind. Yes, specifically horror movies. I um, have been scared of horror movies my entire life. I watched... I went to a sleepover, I think when I was like seven or eight. I've told the story on the podcast too, but like, uh, mm-hmm. and at the sleepover, they showed the omen and the mm. exorcist. Both? Both? Yeah, both, both of them. T- children? <laughs> yeah, I was both. seven or eight. I was, so I was the youngest in my family for about 10 years. And then my mom got remarried and we have, I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me. But like during that time I was the youngest. So all of my yeah. siblings' friends were older. So like I had a sister who I think at the time was like. 13 or 14 so Mm -hmm. we were all Like we had church friends who were all the Same age like we had kids they had kids That were all the Mm -hmm. same age as us anyway so we Were there at the parkers watching these Movies and it was like maybe Appropriate for like a 13 14 year old But not for like a 7 8 year old No so I, I was just Freaked out and didn't watch horror movies Until like I don't know February March of 2018 when we started Recording for the podcast and I Now Four years removed from that, still hate them. Like, I'm still. Oh, I mean, I no
2: have, change. Well,
4: I, I would say I hate them. I have developed a respect for them. I totally I, know like, what you mean. I think they're really well, not all of them, because with any genre, you have shit movies and you have amazing movies. Like, I can recognize Hereditary was amazing. It should have mm-hmm. won Oscars. Like, it was an amazing movie. But. Yeah. After the naked man misdirected jump scare. You guys have done Hereditary, right? Yeah, we have. I saw that in the theater and I stood up and yelled fuck at the screen <laughs> when she starts running at him like a dog or whatever. <laughs> I've, I've only seen it in the theater that one time and it scared the shit out of me. So like, I really one. just cannot handle being scared, which is why I'm. Here with you guys, because two thirds <laughs> mm-hmm. of you feel the same way. out of imagine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, hereditary gives you like a specific kind of scare too, <sighs> right? It's like extremely disturbing, fills you with dread, yes. deeply anxiety-inducing. Yeah. And is that so? Do you have like a t- specific type of horror movie that you hate the most? Like, do, yeah. how do you feel about ghosts and stuff like that?
4: I don't fuck with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no um, uh, I it. <laughs> so, so, uh, it's really So I am more scared of jump scares than anything. Mm. But uh, mm. like you were saying, Hereditary is more than jump scares. Um, although they, it did have some good, good, effective jump scares. <laughs> yes, and when I say yeah. good, know that in my mind I'm saying I hate them. I hate yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. like um, it also, the impending dread does get to me. Body horror gets oh, to me. But I that is a little horror. bit less... Than jump scares, like yeah, we we did Green Room for the podcast. I mean, we we've done over 200 episodes. Sort of like you guys, you guys are closing in on that number too. Like, so at this point, you guys have at least talked about, maybe not watched all of the 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 movies, but like Green Room specifically really messed me up with the body horror. Like it was, and and so many of them do. It's it is so gnarly. It's a really good movie, and I. Uh, I'm a former musician that used to tour and stuff So like I know what it's like to be just hanging out in a Green room never at like a clan Rally or whatever they were at but like <laughs> Yeah, yeah know, they're like all
0: neo-nazis Oh yeah
4: it's sort of boring and you're just sort of hanging out Shooting the shit with people you don't really know and then I can imagine what that would be like if it went south Like you just don't want to be a part of it so That that movie specifically messed with me
1: <laughs> but, I, hated, yeah. I hated hearing about Green room that, that was, was particularly
4: hot. bad I love the way they did the poster For it because it's a uh, I think it's a callback to The Clash's London Calling album mm. art. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I loved that. But other than that, hated that movie. Although that's another one I think is really well done.
0: Yeah, I love I love that movie. I've seen it a lot of times, which is kind of crazy. But Sammy, Sammy I am
4: sh- terrified of you. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of
1: respect for you, though, to
4: be able to do this, though. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love well, yeah. it.
1: I don't know anything about this movie. I literally yeah, know no. I don't think
0: nothing. I've heard of it.
4: Uh, You mean Night of the Creeps? Yes. Night of the Creeps.
0: What made you choose Night of
4: the Creeps? So Night of the Creeps is, I think, the best movie ever made. And (gasps) Mm. when I say that, I mean, it's 80s terrible. Like, it is Mm. an awful movie from the 80s that is, like, all of the 80s tropes packed into one. It feels a little bit like Animal House, a little bit like Revenge of the Nerds and a little mm-hmm. bit like a zombie movie all mixed together and what I can only imagine was a like script that was thrown together either on set or like a week before they went to set uh, under heavy like cocaine usage. It oh, fine. <laughs> it's so crazy.
2: I feel like, I, not having seen a ton of 80s movies but even the ones I have seen and then the ones we've heard about, I do feel like movies in the 80s were just like I don't know. Let's just do everything at once. Like every yeah. movie is like, what if every genre, we just did it? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and it's fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the cocaine speaking
4: probably. It's
2: probably the cocaine <laughs> It is. All of those conversations
4: <laughs> definitely started with a, mm, you know what we should do? That's what they all started with. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, man, I'm excited.
4: Oh, don't be. Um, It is way more fun to watch, I think, than it is to mm. just talk about. And this is one that is, I chose this because, I knew I'd have to watch it again. Uh (laughs) And if it's scary, I'll never watch it again. So I um, definitely picked a horror comedy because I can, I can deal with horror comedies. Mm -hmm. And after doing Halloween three, we did a live show and we talked about Halloween three and I fell in love with Tom Atkins During Mm -hmm. Halloween 3 Have you guys talked about Halloween 3? No no. No. So it's the one Halloween movie that does not follow Any of the Halloween story It's like out of nowhere it It is also It is very weird But it is also the best Because it's bad but I, like, I love it. Like they yep. steal part of Stonehenge. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. You, oh but my God. <laughs> but it's bonkers. Oh, by the way, they don't tell you how they do that. It's just like a stone from Stonehenge is in LA for no reason. <laughs> but Whatever. Anyway, Tom Atkins is in that. So I like immediately fell in love with Tom Atkins during that. And then Mikey, who's one of my, one of my best friends, who's also here in Nashville with me and he's on the, uh, the podcast with me. Uh, he. Mm-hmm. Loves like bad cheesy 80s Movies like Return of the Living Dead And stuff like that so he suggested yeah. that we Do this and we did this episode probably middle of Last year and I've watched it probably three times Since then
0: Ooh. I, did, I found this movie like delightful
4: Yeah it is it is so Terrible but it is so utterly Watchable yeah it's like one of those movies Where you could just watch it and not really pay attention But still laugh It's mm-hmm. uh, it's Very fun
2: all I want are movies That I can have on and Basically, not watch. Yeah,
4: same. I want to. I want to read Reddit on my phone while I watch every. Movie. Oh my god! Oh my
2: god! I want to be in eight I different do. places mentally while I'm oh. watching something.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on ADHD medication and I'm still doing that. So like, it's mm-hmm. not working. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is a movie that I think you guys that haven't seen it should watch because it's not okay. really that scary. In fact, at the end, I cry a little bit every time.
3: Oh, Aww. cute.
0: <laughs> Make sure to
4: tell us when. Oh, oh, I will. i I'll probably be crying when I'm telling you about it. So I love anyway. it. Yeah. I love it.
0: Just a quick little some stats. It has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 62. Really? On, six, uh, yeah, it's like pretty high. I know. I know. 62% on Metacritic, 6.7 on IMDb. Those are pretty standard ratings yeah. they love for those to live in the 6s, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the budget 5 million, box office five hundred and ninety one thousand three hundred and sixty six dollars I just That's really right. enjoyed that it was such a specific number it just stopped making money after that
2: and we also we <laughs> rarely get a movie that like ends in that you could say dollars do you know what I mean like it's always like this many million is that Five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs>
4: yeah. Literally five hundred thousand dollars. They lost 000.
2: a lot of money. They lost yeah. a
4: lot of money. Yeah. Some might say four point five million. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that is that, a, a um a way match. to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I just had a personal thing that a personal story to add is that I went to college with the composer's son of this film so like the composer's name came up and i was like ah i know him and uh my friend went to his family home once in um, Santa Barbara and this was when we were in college. Real crazy days. She said she was like walking in carrying like a 24 pack of Coors Light and Oprah walked in. What? This is
4: that house! Like the Oprah? The Oprah who is his neighbor. (laughs) I would immediately look under my chair. I would just like assume that she had planted something under my chair. (laughs) Uh uh
2: (laughs) Especially being like in college where you're like yeah Coors Light. Uh, But I mean no shade against Actually, no, I don't like horse life, but whatever. Uh, but like, but oh my God, I wouldn't be prepared to see Oprah at any party at 30, no. but I think I would handle it a little. I would be like, OK, at 22, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I would like lose my mind.
1: I think I would. I would be. I would be silent. I would be silent.
0: Yeah, I think would, that was what happened. I would be shocked into silence completely. Yeah. I would do the same and be like, oh, I can't. I'd. I, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hi. Hi, Oprah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my no, god! Very, uh, hi, nice, nice to meet you. What's your name? <laughs> Calling
1: Oprah seems like too intimate. You know what I mean? Miss
2: Winfrey. Miss
1: <laughs> <Ms>. Winfrey. <laughs> Madam Winfrey.
2: Yeah. Damn. Um. Okay. Mm. Let's watch this trailer. I love. I love an '80s trailer. I can't wait to see what this one will have in store.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I can't wait. <laughs> I need to. I think I need to go to, go ahead and like proactively apologize for what we're about to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amazing. finally here for Chris, Cindy, and J.C. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the Night of the Creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined.
4: First, they are under you, around you, on you. and get into your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new
3: terror.
4: <laughs> they are a different
2: kind of Zombies, exploding heads,
3: creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking
2: over. I got good news and bad news, girls. What? The good news is your dates are here.
0: What's the bad news?
2: They're dead. You have never had a night like this. (coughs) Night of the Creeps. If you
3: scream, you're dead.
1: Okay. Oh. Oh <laughs> my God. I the little creepy crawly things way more effective than I was expecting. Yeah, I was not anticipating
2: little like leech slugs. They're Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. They're- oh
1: disgusting. Also, this whole like idea of something just dropping in from outer space is so reminding funny. me of Attack of the Killer Clowns. Is that what it's called? Kill, that we, Killer Clowns Killer from Clowns, outer space. Killer Clowns from outer space. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. s- similar time period, but like same idea for a horror movie where it's just like something from yeah. outer space just like appears and it's don't terrifying. Don't worry about it. We don't need to explain it. It's just like,
2: came from, outer space.
4: came from space.
2: That's all you need to know. Came from space. It's weird. It's
4: bad. This movie starts out with a gunfight on an alien ship. Like, it's not just like you oh, see the yeah. ship and it shoots out of it. Like, there are people in, like, what I can only describe as, like, six-foot-tall baby suits shooting <laughs> at each other. what? Wa- yes. Th- ladies, there's a whole plot that happens on the ship before. Right. There's,
0: like, another movie within this movie.
2: Hell yeah. Sammy,
4: I so badly want the, like prequel to this movie that is just like them creating these slugs and then one of them starting the we should shoot it at a planet and the rest of them being like no we shouldn't and then them starting a gunfight and then one (laughs) of them running to an escape hatch and then launching it out like that needs to be like an event horizon level movie yeah i need it yeah wow
0: (laughs) Um, yes. I also looked up. Finally, this trailer narrator's name is his name is Percy Rodriguez because he does so many. He did The Exorcist, Alien, oh, Jaws, yeah. The Omen, Pet Cemetery. So we finally know his name, Percy Rodriguez. What a fucking pro! <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, like the. In a world, yeah. guy like yeah. that is his shtick. Yeah, and I love that he's doing that. And like, what we're watching on the screen is fully just like slugs being pulled with strings. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so crazy. It's
4: awesome. You
1: Amazing. know what? It did something for me though. Like usually these 1980s effects, I'm like, whatever. But that, I they felt were something. nasty. They I were nasty.
2: <laughs>
4: I'll be honest with you: the effects in this movie, some are terrible. Like you saw the dog as the oh, boss
3: approaches it, and I it's I just like a dog is dog. like. Oh.
4: But like it looks ridiculous, but the (laughs) the dog fully looks terrible. But a lot of the effects like in this movie, some heads explode and slugs like shoot out of it. Some of the heads pulling apart and that kind of stuff looks pretty effective. I mean, I've never seen a head explode, but like I'd imagine it looks something like that when it finally happens to me.
0: I feel like I was (laughs) impressed with a lot of the effects in this and like just a lot of the things in this movie. I was like, oh, this is like actually pretty cool and like looks pretty good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Tom Savini did it or anything, but like they're pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Should should we get into it? Let's get into it.
1: It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging? big budget marketing campaigns and tax. That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman cost and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in Too Scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's gonna be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
4: So as we, as we just mentioned when we were, when we were recording the, uh, Patreon bonus content. <laughs> little, yes. Little plug for your Patreon. Yeah,
0: thank you. Patreon.com slash TSDW podcast.
4: <laughs> I love Patreon. It's like literally, it pays my mortgage. So, um, not your Patreon, <laughs> but we can talk about my cut of it later. Um, so this movie, <laughs> as we just discussed, starts out on a like Nostromo level aliens like spaceship, right? And as I mentioned, there are three like baby, like six-foot-tall baby characters. One of them is holding a canister, (laughs) the canister that you saw being shot out of the spaceship. We'll get to that in a second. And they're running down the hallway of this spaceship, like after the one baby who's carrying the canister and they're (laughs) literally shooting at him and they're talking like they actually have dialogue, but they're talking in alien language. But don't worry about it. The movie subtitles it for you in both the alien scripts. And then below that, the English script. <laughs> That's so, like, awesome. immediately, you know that there was a lot of cocaine involved in this
2: movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what if we made an alien language? We wrote it down. <laughs> yeah,
4: they, they, like, that is, like... Tolkien level shit right there like They created an alien language mm-hmm. To then just like subtitle it later Anyway so long story short There's like an experiment going on And you can gleam this from the subtitles There's There was an experiment going on with these like slugs One of them wanted to shoot it At earth to test it The other two didn't They're the responsible six foot tall baby aliens <laughs> This guy grabs the canister Runs down the hallway Puts it in an escape hatch And shoots it out to space And then it, you see it sort of Going towards Earth. We don't see it hit Earth, but we then don't see the aliens again for an hour and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Just keep in mind, we do see them again. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Although, I'll say this too. I watched the director's cut because that's what was on Amazon.
2: Interesting. uh
4: uh I don't know if we see them again in the non-director, in the theatrical cut. So, don't... Don't at me I I don't know in my cut we see them again okay so it then goes from fully technicolor to black and white and it says 1959 okay just like laying the scene right Mm -hmm. so it's like sorority row 1959 we're outside of a sorority house there's like co-eds like hanging out in the lawn you pan over and see just a convertible like pulling up, a guy getting out, sort of walking to the house. But before he gets out, the radio says, we interrupt this program for a King Newsflash. Authorities at the Crestridge Institute for the Criminally Insane have requested an all-points bulletin. And the guy turns off the radio right then, which is, I think, stupid. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he then sort of goes up, meets this girl who we come to meet as Pam, and she sort of walks out. They get in the car and they sort of drive off, right? It, cu- it cuts to like make out point Pam and her gentleman caller are Snuggled together in the convertible looking up at the stars And a policeman sort of Busts up the fun and it's Clear the policeman knows who Pam is Cause he's like hey guys There's a murderer on the Oh Pam <laughs> Like it's like that sort of thing right <laughs>
0: <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I'm like, this is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I, this is like, I feel like the exact, the exact same opening. Plot. There's the like cop knows the girl in the car and they're at like make out And something from space has it come. It diverges ahead. after this scene. But up till here, it's like, this is the same movie.
4: It's still pretty <laughs> bonkers. Like they're both crazy in their own yeah. unique, stupid ways. Killer Clowns is nuts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So he recognizes Pam and then Pam sort of explains that like they know each other. It's clear that they're, that's his ex-girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And while we were at the sorority house, we hear a girl on the phone in the room with Pam. She's explaining to someone on the phone that Pam broke up with someone because he's a cop and he's going nowhere in his life. And <laughs> I was like, alright. Back in the 1950s, they were also very it fucked the police. Yeah, alright. Cool. Um, very, very cool. Anyway, so, Roy... Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's Ray. Ray. Ray is the sort of main character who becomes, spoiler alert, Tom Atkins. But, he sort of says, whatever, just go home. It's it's dangerous out tonight. Mm-hmm. They, of course, don't. But he leaves. He just leaves them alone, I, which I think is pretty respectful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yep. say anything mean. He just like, go home. Right. Because he knows about the killer on the loose from the Crest, Crest Ridge Institute for the criminally insane.
0: Pam and Johnny is her boyfriend that they're driving yes. around and they like oh, park, right. and then but they are before, looking at the stars.
4: Oh. Yeah. But before they drive away. Because the reason they drive away is they look back up at the stars. They snuggle back up after Ray leaves and they see the canister, but it really just looks like an asteroid sort of fly over them and crash. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Johnny is like, Oh, I've got to go check that out because why not? So he (laughs) drives away with Pam and they go to like investigate and they literally just pull over on the side of the road and Johnny grabs a flashlight and heads into the woods. And Pam is like, just like left in the car for no reason. And, while she's in the car by herself, and I sort of love the way they do this, the radio comes on, or the radio is still on, but the the music gets interrupted, and the radio DJ says, "Police continue the search for a 35 year old escapee from the Crestridge Ridge uh, Mental Institute. Uh, Crest Ridge Police <laughs> warned that the man is armed with a large fire axe and is believed to be moving west on Route 66 towards the Corman University area." And oh she my looks. God. Yeah. So she looks up from like the radio because she was looking down at it and you see Route 66, a sign. And then you also see a, another sign, but it's it's like sort of blacked out. It's like too dark to see. So you see her turn on the lights and then it says Corman University, three miles ahead. <laughs> so it's like he's right, he's right there, Pam. He's like right with you. Anyway, so it is like sort of cutting between Johnny looking for what is the canister, but he thinks is an asteroid and Pam in the car like calling to him like hey can we leave let's go back to make out point and I think she even says I'll let you fondle my breast more yes. or whatever it's <laughs> I wrote it's that down. 80s down. I'll even let yeah. you
0: fondle my breast just yeah. come back whatever it takes <laughs> yeah.
4: but I think at the time she does offer her breast yes. for fondleage you see someone step into frame behind her obviously this is the murderer and so cutting back and forth between Johnny looking for the canister and the murderer slowly creeping up to Pam mm-hmm. they sort of meet their fates at the same time the murderer Kills Pam with the axe, which we don't quite see, but we get almost there. But also the canister explodes as Johnny finds it. And you see a slug go into his mouth, like shoot out of the canister into his mouth. Right. Gross, gross, gross. And then it cuts to 1986.
1: Okay, I was confused. I was like, damn, did this whole movie take place in the 50s? I didn't catch that in the trailer. It looks like the 80s. It looks like the 80s to me.
4: (laughs) It very much is all in like 86, except for this first like little section okay. and then there are some flashbacks because your main like detective character is tom atkins who is ray right mm-hmm. so he oh, right. is sort okay. of so reliving like the years events later yeah right because this zombie movie which it technically is a zombie movie also has a axe murderer subplot that ray has to get over the murder of his ex-girlfriend it's insane okay <laughs> so we'll get into that so we cut to pledge week 1986 but now in full titanic color because it's the 80s and we zoom in on some campus co its sort of like the 1959 scene but now like the trees have like tw- they're like toilet papered and like we meet our two main guys which are chris and jc and Mm -hmm. chris is they're both sort of nerdy and they're sort of like lamenting over the fact that i think chris even says that my grandparents have more sex than we do (laughs) and (laughs) jc is like yeah but that's good for them i'm like i'm I'm happy that your grandparents have a great (laughs) sex life and i mean i get it but i don't want to hear about it either but uh jc continues like to try and Cheer Chris up Because he's very depressed I think he even Sort of briefly mentions That like his high school Girlfriend broke his heart And ever Mm -hmm. since then He hasn't been able To get over it or whatever And Chris is like Just trying to cheer him up It's clear they've been Friends for a long time And they're very very close Right Mm -hmm. Chris immediately sees Who we come to find As Cindy Across Sort of like The road They're walking down One side of campus And she's on Sorority row That's like across the street And he sees uh, Cindy And he's like Gobstopped he's like you he can't believe how beautiful she is it's like you know she's gorgeous and he like can't talk JC sees that this is happening and is like yeah she's pretty attractive right and he's like yeah but you know she'll never talk to me and he's like well you have to go talk to her. I love JC in this movie. JC's just He's like so,
0: both of them are so good. I, I was so yeah. impressed with like how charming these two are as like the yeah. leads. Like they were great. Aww.
2: I really liked them.
4: <laughs> I really did buy their friendship. I really do think that JC is just like giving him great advice the whole movie. <laughs> oh,
2: that's I a real... love a good friend. Shocking. Yeah.
4: Right. But Chris is like, I have one of my best friends who's also the co-host of my podcast with me is. Very unlucky in love, but it's mainly because he makes bad choices. So (laughs) like, I feel like I'm JC and he's Chris because I'm always like, you got to put yourself back out there. And like, and even in this scene, like Chris is like, well, she'll, you know, I'll never get to know her. And JC's like, well, you could just like go talk to her. Yeah. (laughs) And and he's like, well, I don't even know her name. And then JC from across the street, it's like starts yelling at her like, hey, hey, pretty lady. And Chris (laughs) is like. Chris is like hiding his face like, oh, my fucking God, like this is terrible. (laughs) Uh, And eventually, like she does see what's going on. Cut to inside the party that's going on at that. I think they might be at a frat house. It doesn't really make a difference, but uh, it's at uh, it's on sorority row. Yeah. So we sort of cut interior. Oh, no, I do have in my notes. It's the beta house, which is the fraternity there. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's like full scale like 80s dance party Chris pours himself a a, a beer I'd assume uh, and JC is sort of at his side just with him because he's an amazing wingman uh, and they stop oh, so we cut to like Cindy and is like next to this like super Macho sort of jock guy but when I say Super macho sort of jock guy picture like An 80s version of that not Mm -hmm. like Now when you think like um, Like Chris Hemsworth is like a big Beefy guy now like Mm -hmm. he's much smaller Than that yeah But he gets coded as A jock yeah because it was the 80s And people didn't know how to lift weights I think Anyway Mm -hmm.
1: but like does he have Does he have very blonde hair I feel like they always have Very blonde hair no he doesn't
4: okay So he doesn't but the main beta guy, who I call uh-huh. the alpha beta, he <laughs> does have blonde hair, the blondest and it's hair you've our ever seen. Plot point because oh, he's okay. a secret Nazi, and we'll talk about that too. <laughs> did you pick up on that, thing? I did not. Yeah. So I'm I'm a nerd, and I watch too many documentaries. If you follow his like story in this movie, his name's Brad or the Bradster, if you will. He is a Nazi. <laughs> Oh like, my God. He's even wearing uh, a tank top in one of the scenes that has a Nazi, uh, like, eagle crest on it. <sighs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> it's not super overt, but they do code the Bradster as the worst kind of person. And I sort of love that.
3: <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
4: Anyway, I, th- I felt it was like very Indiana Jones, where like the, mm-hmm, the Nazis mm-hmm. are the bad guys. Anyway, mm-hmm, so JC and Chris oversee Cindy talking to this beefy dude, or 80s beefy dude, right? And. Chris is like, he's, she's already with some, like, hulky, hunkster dude. Like, she's never going to go for me. And JC's, like, building up Chris and, like, sort of tearing down the macho dude. And he's like, that guy's a bozo. He looks like the missing link. He has one continuous eyebrow. Like, you're <laughs> way better than that guy. Chris is very... Not willing to go approach Cindy, so JC's like, "Well, I'll go talk to her then." So he walks over to her, starts talking to Cindy, finds out her name is Cindy Cronenberg, which is a fun fact in this movie. I know you guys sometimes pepper in fun facts. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of references to famous horror people her yeah. last name Cronenberg is one of those That's references so
2: interesting
4: yeah, yeah yeah that
0: one really made me laugh too because it's such a specific yeah. last yeah, name Cronenberg. like
2: Cronenberg
0: <laughs> and yeah. also just side note her her name is Cynthia and they go back between Cynthia and Cindy I did not yes. know Cindy was short for Cynthia and so I was like is her name Cindy or Cynthia because in my head I thought those were two completely separate names but i think I, they
2: can be totally separate names but i guess know. also it they just was like
0: i was like am i going crazy like they're changing her name every time and it's like it's it's a nickname it's a nickname and i just didn't know that
4: <laughs> oh. i honestly didn't know that either but i i did think that they just did that in this movie i don't know if anyone else does that but maybe they do
0: yeah no i looked it up and you can go by cindy if your name is cynthia and i just had no idea
4: I had an algebra teacher in high school that refused to believe that my name Todd wasn't short for something. So for an entire like semester, he called me Todd Rick.
1: Todd is Todd it's usually not, short for something? Not
4: my name. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, T- Todd Rick is a name. Like yeah. I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race and they have Todd Rick on a lot to like chore- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. do cho- choreography for them. Anyway, so like Todd Rick is a name, but it's not short for, I wouldn't like say Todd it's is not short for that. more
2: common than Todd. No, definitely not.
4: <laughs> no. It's probably not more common than Todd. It's probably but, not. No. Todd's not really a great name, which I feel like I am uniquely qualified to say. But <laughs> there are plenty of better names that you can pick from that do have shorter virgins. versions. Versions. <laughs> sorry,
2: I'm not a virgin. No, that's not what I'm
4: saying. No, it's not, it's not. Maybe Chris is, but not me. Not me. Plugging the pod. Oh yeah, I guess it was like also a subtle plug from my pod. Like, virgin like, ladies. Ladies. All right, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so. JC is working his magic on Cindy, but not like flirting with her so much, but he's like building up Chris. He's like, hey, this guy over here thinks you're beautiful or whatever. And when it cuts to Chris as he's talking about Chris, Chris like sees them and turns and like runs into somebody and spills his drink all over them. Like he could not be more of like a doofus in this moment, but I sort of love that for him. Uh, But Cindy uh, lets JC know that she has a boyfriend and JC's like, oh, my bad and leaves. Right. Uh, And then he goes back to Chris. but. He doesn't say that she has a boyfriend, though. He, he does say that I don't think she has a boyfriend. So they sort of formulate a plan. Like Chris is like, I have to do something to get her to notice me, to get her to talk to me, then fall in love with me. And he, JC's like, no, you could just like talk to her. This is more of like that good advice I was talking about earlier that JC's yeah. giving. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to like what they end up doing. You don't have to like try and join the beta house. And do like some outlandish prank To get her to notice you You could just like talk to her But Chris is like no We gotta, we join, gotta the join the beta house. house Yeah we gotta join the beta house This is like sort of like The animal housey type part of the movie Yeah. Anyway so it cuts from them Talking about how they have to join the beta house To them literally sitting down Across from like a bunch of beta boys And this is where we meet Who will come to be known as The Bradster or Brad The Nazi we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. And he does have like Bleached blonde hair mm-hmm. With brownish roots Brown eyebrows Like he definitely Bleached his hair blonde Right mm-hmm. And they're talking about How can we get into your frat And and they're very much like Well we have all the pledges We need It would take Sort of this big Sort of Thing For you to get in For us to even consider you
3: mm-hmm.
4: You'd have to do Something and then it cuts away Before they tell them what it is But we come to find out that what they want them to do Is steal a body from the morgue And dump it in front of a different Fraternity's house. Real okay. crazy. Classic
2: prank. Yeah. <laughs> Classic prank. We've corpse, all done it. Corpse Absolutely corpse. hilarious. Oh, my Have you guys God. ever done
0: so pranks funny. in college? You guys all did college We've pranks, right? We've all gotten bodies from the
4: morgues and <laughs> thrown them in front of other Sort frats. of
2: standard college stuff. Yeah.
4: Who among I've us never, hasn't? I didn't steal a body from a morgue, but I did steal <laughs> a bunch of license plates off of my professor's cars mm. and switched them to other license plates in the same parking lot
2: I mean that's a prank That's a prank Also That's a real prank Because people
4: probably Don't notice for a while <laughs> Well no they Well I don't think The people who drove The cars noticed But I did notice When we did that The security office For my campus Was across the street From the faculty parking lot And Todd and Adam Who was my roommate At the time Were idiots And literally The campus like officer Walked up to us And were like Hey what are you guys doing
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh
4: god Yeah so we got in a lot of trouble for that Anyway yeah. Don't do college pranks it's dumb I mean it's... in hindsight don't do it it's dumb yeah. Anyway so we cut to JC and Chris Having left the party sort of walking down the street Talking about what they're gonna do And they sort of, This is when we sort of realize what the plan is Right what they talked about with the frat boys It then cuts back to the beta boys talking And they're like we're not gonna really let them in the frat Right and then Bradster's like no <laughs> No they're terrible We're not gonna let them in the frat <sighs> They probably believe in like equal rights and love minorities. So, no, we're not going (laughs) to let them in the frat. I'm only saying that because they're Nazis, not because they're in a frat. Don't come at me. (laughs) All right. So we then cut back to JC and Chris and they're walking down into a basement, which we'll come to find out is like the medical wing, probably where you'd put a morgue. Right. But we don't necessarily see Chris and JC yet. We see what looks sort of like a science guy. It's a dude in a white coat and he's walking up to. A door that has a key panel right next to it. He starts typing in the code to the door and it's clear he doesn't remember what the number is. So he is like, "Mm, I'm gonna go call somebody. So he leaves, right? Having typed in all but the last number, we will come to find (laughs) out. We then cut to him at the phone calling somebody and he's like, hey, Ruby, I think is the name he calls. I need you to look at my desk and tell me what the last digit of the code is. And as he's on the phone, we see JC and Chris walk by. Now, that is, It's not a the morgue that they're at. It's just like a lab, right? But JC fully stops, like, entranced by the keypad and hits zero on the keypad. Of course, the door flies open because that was the last digit. And they go in, right? As they go in, it's completely dark. All the lights are off. They're, like, fumbling around to try and find the lights. And then the lights turn on, and JC finds himself in the middle of the room looking at Johnny from before from 1959 Pleasantville if you remember yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and he
4: is in cryo like stasis in this pod like fully naked I think he's got boxers on or something but he's like in this thing frozen right so they're clearly like running tests on him
2: Mm -hmm. Uh
1: yeah
4: so Chris comes over and he's like, we, we, we need to get out of here. We're, like, trying to find a body. That body is locked in this canister or whatever. Let's just <laughs> leave. And JC's like, well, I don't see any other, any other bodies, like, to-go wrapped for us. So let's try and get him out of here. Okay. So they go over to what I would call, like, 1960s NASA panels, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it it literally has. I love that Set Deck did this for the movie. They had, like, a, like a red card that just says, like, cryogenic stasis like panel or whatever and (laughs) it's literally like duct taped onto this panel (laughs) anyway so they figure out how to open it and it does like the body falls forward and they sort of set it on the ground so now johnny is out of the stasis and he's like laying on the ground we then cut back to the science guy we come to find out later he's a grad student who's working in the lab which is common but Mm -hmm. he gets the last digit from his friend who he called and starts coming back right They start, when I say they, I mean Chris and JC, start carrying Johnny out to pull off this prank. Johnny sort of wakes up and grabs JC's arm. Chris and JC freak out, drop Johnny, and run out. They literally pass the science guy as they're walking out and running out. The science guy falls down. It's very Benny Hill. But anyway, they leave, and nothing happens, right? The science guy then goes in, sees Johnny on the ground, and is like, what the fuck? And walks over to him. And then Johnny, you don't see it because it cuts away, but there is some interaction that takes place between Johnny and the grad student science guy. Uh JC and Chris run all the way back to their dorm. JC is sort of making jokes about what they need to do. Like, he's like, let's go get machine guns and then mow down that guy who grabbed me in the lab, right? And Chris is like, you need to stop making jokes about everything. It's not all fun and games or whatever. And he's like, listen, I know that you've been sad ever since your ex broke your heart. You need to get over that. You need to get back out there. It's clear that they like, they like, Fight like really good friends fight Where you're like fuck you I hate you but like You fully love that person it's sort of like that sort of thing I mean this scene ends with them having A sort of pillow fight because (laughs) it was The 80s and that's what you did in dorms I guess yeah I actually really do like Chris and JC's like relationship I think it's really sweet it's great they Have that pillow fight and it cuts to Tom Atkins this is the first time you see Tom being Tom and he Is let me just like paint the scene For you it's incredible he's on a beach in a full ass white suit, sunglasses. He's sitting on the sand in a white suit. Like, that is the level of Tom Hell. Atkins we're getting, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Miami Vice Tom Atkins. A yes. woman in a bikini brings him a drink and a coconut. Bikini and high heels on the sand. Well, mean, It's the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And she honestly walks fine. It, I don't she, know how she did so, it. She makes it look easy. Yeah. So he looks out into the water and sees a woman coming up out of the water. But as she comes up out of the water, she's completely dry, which, as we know, because of physics would be impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. But and people are like walking in front of him on the beach. So he's like struggling to see who she is. And then as we get a better view of her, it's clear it's Pam. Right. Mm. And then it cuts back from um, sort of what he's seeing. To like the 1950s, and then it like it cuts back to Tom as he stands up. And he's like transported back in time. Mm. He approaches the convertible, and the the murderers literally just like swing after swing, hacking away at. Oh, so he Pam.
2: watched it happen.
4: Yeah, yeah. So this is what we're realizing. I mean, clearly okay. he wakes up from this dream, right? Right. So it, this yeah. is like him sort of reliving that moment. In fact, Yikes. I don't know, Sammy, if you caught this. When you first flash back to it and you see Tom dress as the cop, his like young version of himself, he's holding Pam's like disembodied hand.
0: I, I did oh. notice, that. and then it's gone yes. in like the and next then it's shot. Gone.
4: Yeah, so I don't know if that was like a Ew. continuity thing, but yes, he is holding her hand for some reason.
0: Oh, anyway, so no. just a nasty little dream sequence. I thought it was a pretty effective dream sequence. I thought Me too. it's like very, it's pretty pretty well done.
4: Yeah, it's clear that he's struggling with what I would probably say is like PTSD. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. So because he does he did stumble upon her, and that becomes like a plot point. Or stumble upon both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's woken up, he's safely in his recliner at home. He sighs in relief and as and the phone rings, sort of breaking the tension, and he answers the phone and says my favorite line in this movie that he says a few times, and that is thrill me. <laughs> that's all he says. Okay. Thrill okay. me. And okay. you uh <laughs> okay. the, man, the, the caller on the phone says Detective Cameron, which is Tom Atkins' name, but I if you'll if you'll oblige me, I'm just gonna call him Tom Atkins, the whole movie at that school. Just understand live. that he is now not a beat cop, he's a detective, all right? Okay. And then he says, No, it's both of the Clown. That's what Tom says, because he's that kind of guy. And then the man says, like, what happened? There was a break in at the, the medical center at the university. Can you please come down and you know do your fucking job (laughs) so (laughs) so it cuts to the medical medical center and what i will describe as the worst csi unit is like firmly on the case right and i say that because like one of them has gloves on but is also eating a donut on off a clipboard as he's like (laughs) doing like his job like it's wild like everyone in this scene is terrible at what they're doing Mm -hmm. anyway detective cameron walks in flashes his badge but introduces himself as bowwinkle the moose which i thought was hilarious and then says again just
0: keeps being like detective cameron no some other silly name it's like a very
4: (laughs) silly he only does it twice it's one of those things that like i wish happened every time someone asked him his name but it's like the person who was writing this forgot they were doing a recurring bit yes yes (laughs) yes and stopped doing it 30 minutes into the movie <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. and i sort of it makes me love it a little bit more yeah. but i wish they had continued it it's just very funny that they stopped doing it yeah, yeah, but yeah. he then does say uh, after he introduces himself as bullwinkle the moose he says thrill me which amazing they, he, yeah he must do this all the time because they recognize that it means just tell me what's going on if you could yeah <laughs> so so they sort of explain that like you know they had ice ice Johnny in this cryogenic frozen thing but he's no longer there and the body that they did call him about was actually the grad student that is on the ground dead quote unquote on the floor and when they initially called him they did say there was two bodies so Tom Atkins starts grilling the desk sergeant whose name is Ramy, which is another one of those like plugs oh, yeah, to Sam like, yeah. things oh, yeah. yeah. people. Yeah mm-hmm. it's not Sam Ramy in it but it's a plug to Sam Ramy. Mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. anyway so he's like grilling detective sergeant ramey about it and he says so this is my bad i sent two rookie cops to the scene initially they both took a bathroom break at the same time both the bodies were here when they left when they came back there was only the one body Mm and then tom atkins says uh something to the effect of that's great but there's one minor problem bodies like that have been dead for 27 years don't just get up and then walk by themselves Cut to Johnny walking by himself down the street.
1: Okay. They very much do. Here we go.
4: So we then cut over to the alpha blonde beta Nazi guy that we were talking about before. And he's pulling up at his convertible and he apologizes to Cindy about like having to call it an early night because they have some pledge initiation. I think he even calls it humiliation that they have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So Cindy is understandably disappointed because her boyfriend would rather spend time with his beta dudes than with her. But she, whatever understands and that goes inside he kisses her on the cheek and she goes inside Mm -hmm. he then pulls away and when he pulls away it's like a close-up shot of his uh the back of his convertible and his license plate does say bradster as he drives (laughs) away and i was like you could not make me hate this person anymore and then later they reveal he's a nazi and i was like oh no you can okay cool (laughs) so sydney does walk in uh as brad drives away but you cut inside of the sorority house and uh Cindy walks up to her room, but as she does, one of her sisters says, "Hey, I have these like jars. She's like holding a box of jars, and I need a place to store them. And she she refers to Cindy as prez, so I'm assuming that she's the president of the sorority. Uh, And she's like, "Well, what's in the jars?" And she says, "It's for it's a science experiment thing, but there are brains in the jars. And she's like, "Human brains?". And she's like, "Yeah, it's a science experiment. Like, of course they're human brains." (laughs) So Cindy is like, "Okay, just like storm in the basement, I guess." And then like. She, she continues walking up the steps and then we don't talk about the brains again for 45 minutes or <laughs> probably more like an hour um, So as Cindy gets sooner into, into her room, she starts changing into something a little more comfortable and then we see Johnny sort of like Slowly approaching as she's changing and this is the 80s and it's a horror movie So fully she is naked for like part of this, right? Mm-hmm. So she and it's like cutting back and forth between Johnny getting closer and closer and closer Johnny does eventually get to like the fire escape. And then she Cindy walks over to the window and opens it. You know, they're building up all this tension and there's nothing there. So she's like, Oh, okay. And then Johnny pops out of nowhere. And Mm. this is where you see Johnny. Johnny has like, it looks like his face has been cut up a little bit. It's not, too graphic but it's a little little gory here
0: he has a rose in his hand at first like as if yes, he's giving he her a flower but Aww. then it cuts back again yeah. and it's gone in, in the next shot but yeah i just really like that initial like Whoa, zombie with a <laughs> with
4: a rose for you <laughs> so but anyway so he then well i guess you don't really see the head explode but you can assume the head explodes and you see i believe the slugs falling through like the fire ex- the fire um escape great sort of area right so it's clear that the slugs are coming out of the people that they have been in right so the next thing we see is tom pulling up to the sorority house in his i I call it a cop car but it's very much like his car but it has like the red light on the top of it Mm -hmm. and as he walks towards the front door he literally stops to smell the rose bush like he's like leans over and smells the rose bush. And yes, that does come back later. <laughs> um, and as he does this, like paramedics walk by with a stretcher. Tom walks up to the body that they see and he sees that it's Johnny from the lab. Like it's the guy from the lab. But as he walks up, he says, thrill me again to the police officers that are there on the scene. And the cop doesn't really say anything, but he does sort of reveal Johnny. And we, this is where we do see the face like fully split wide open and where the slugs kind of popped out of. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom then sort of like, like patrolling the area, he walks around behind the sorority house and asks some people hanging out back there, like, what is that guest house back there? And they explain that that's the sorority mother's house. Like, that's where she lives, right? We then get a black and white flashback, which black and white to me means 1959, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Of someone with a shovel burying a body that's like sort of in a tarp. That's all we get. So Tom is clearly like, we're getting more about what happened that night. If that makes he's sense. He's looking right?
0: haunted at this yes. point. I feel like, yes. and there's like, as he's staring at the like split open head, he's like, does it look like an, an ax could have done that. And like one yeah. of the other detectives is like, oh man, you you're still on this ax thing. Like, I feel like he gives him a hard time about it. And it's like, yeah, he's traumatized by that. Thing.
4: Well, it clearly, it clearly has affected him. Yes. Like Tom, is like having trouble dealing with the trauma that he, this is why everyone should go to therapy and why I think, yeah, I mean, therapy's great. I've had a therapist for a long, long time and it's done wonders for me. Yeah, Therapy's great. So they zip up Johnny in the body bag, and then they sort of take him away. We then sort of crossfade into someone holding a newspaper in front of the campus. And it just says, you know, headless corpse found in front of, I think it says Kappa Delta sorority house, that, that sort of thing. And then you see JC and Chris walking into the street and they run into the Bradster and they turn around and just try and avoid him. They don't want, they don't want to deal with him. Right. They turn around and try to walk through the way and then other like betas walk up. So they're trapped by the betas. Right. And Brad is like pissed off and he assumes that they planted the corpse outside of kappa delta for their pledge prank and he's like clearly upset that it was the wrong house it was supposed to go to some other fraternity's house not a sorority house right so jc sort of cuts off brad as he's yelling and he's like causing a scene so people are walking over to see him and he's clearly like well jc just interrupts him is like hey we didn't even do it we chickened out and jc like sort of tells him off and then starts to Go away right JC starts to walk away In fact he even says Why don't you go back to practice goose stepping Which is another Nazi nod Oh, hmm. okay. Anyway oh I don't think I've mentioned this but JC Can't walk he has like crutches So he like walks with crutches But he can't watch, walk without the aid Of crutches yep. okay. this is important because As he's walking away Brad Kicks one of the crutches and he falls to the ground uh, Because asshole. they Really want you to hate Brad Mm-hmm. Like Thank if you. up to this point you were like man Brad's a handsome like guy I love that blonde Hair he's looking great like, at this point you should hate Him
0: and Cindy sees this and Cindy Also yes. like there's a part where JC Yells like that whole thing like was your Idea anyways and and Cindy overhears that too and so She's yes. now pissed at Brad And well, yeah I think
4: she's also pissed at Brad Because he kicked out JC's crutches like that's yes, a yes, Really so like thing that one to
0: two, Punch of mm-hmm. like oh my boyfriend's a Real piece of shit <laughs>
4: Mm -hmm. yeah which she i'm sure she already knew but he's like a himmler level asshole is where he is on the nazi scale right so chris Mm -hmm. rushes over to help jc up and then it cuts back to like cindy like getting a fake apology from brad and she does this like fishing reel flick off thing Mm -hmm. where like one hand's doing the fishing reel and the other hand's slowly flicking him off Mm -hmm. and then because it's the 80s the crowd that has gathered around sort of like slow claps (laughs) which i loved (laughs) i was like all right all right cool 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 and then brad of course puts on his what i'm assuming are ss sunglasses and then the rest of the betas walk away and then Cindy goes over and apologizes to both JC and Chris. And they do explain to, J- to Cindy that they really didn't do it. Like they did. They were going to try, but they chickened out and they didn't do it. And she seems to like believe them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but because it's the first time that Cindy has met Chris, because remember JC has talked to her, right. but Chris never developed the guts to do that. JC introduces Cindy to Chris at this moment. And as JC is going to like say their names, He then sees a police, another detective. It's not Tom Atkins, but I think his name's actually Officer Landis, Mm -hmm. which is another nod to other horror directors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says their names. He's like, Chris and JC, come with me. And then we cut to the police station. Okay. And we're in like a law and order, like interrogation room. JC are on one side of the table. Tom Atkins walks in, sits down. And then there's Mr. Miner. Who is at the end of the table And uh, Tom Atkins explains That Mr. Minor is sort of the Medical wing campus Mm -hmm. Janitor and he Can place them at the scene Of the crime Mm -hmm. and JC is like no it wasn't us We weren't there we don't care anything about this Like we would never do anything like this and Chris Just like fesses up he's like no it was us We were there we let him out But we he touched us and it was Freaky so we just ran away (laughs) right And Mr. Miner should be able to Attest to that and uh (laughs) I hate to mention this, but because it's the eighties, they treat Mr. Minor very poorly mm. as a stereotypical Asian person. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like It's yeah. it's real bad. I, I almost, honestly didn't like even put it in my notes, but I do feel like we should say something about it because it's real bad because Tom Atkins says that they were running away, screaming like banshees, which they were, but then that becomes the only thing Mr. Minor says every time you see him. And, It's said in a very like Stereotypically bad Like Asian way It's really gross But it's one of those things That you would see in 80s movies And people were like Oh this is clearly fine To treat people this way And it's not Yeah Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things You wouldn't see now But you do see then And I apologize (laughs) For having said This was the best movie Ever made at (laughs) this (laughs) point Okay So we then cut to the morgue and we do see one of the CSI guys. Actually, it was the guy who was eating a donut with gloves on when they were initially at the scene of the crime. He's now at the morgue. He's probably the coroner now that I think about it. Yeah. And we see the grad student lying on like the slab that you would then do an autopsy on. And the coroner sort of like in between the camera and us. So he can't see the guy on the slab. And he's like doing some paperwork or whatever. And then the like, grad student zombie sits up. And then walks out of the room, doesn't mess with the corner, just walks out of the room and then walks out of the police station, which you would think like, cause this dude is like, well, he looks like he's naked. He's very bloody <laughs> and he's just walking out of a police station. And you would uh-uh. think someone would like stop him or be like, Hey, that, that shouldn't be a thing. But no one does. In fact, someone, they do show you a scene of someone walking past him and he's like, how are you doing?
3: Oh, yeah.
1: like, okay. <laughs> it. Okay. It's wild. Okay.
4: And then we, I think they show like the outside of the house mother's cabin, and then we see slugs. Yes. Yeah, we slug- see the slugs like slithering in. I believe this is the one where you can clearly see it being pulled on a string. Mm, Okay, got it. Because there is one shot that it's like egregious. You're like, oh, that's fishing line. (laughs) I can see the fishing line right there. But anyway, so like they're being pulled towards her house and it's just the front of her yard. Right. And then we cut to inside the sorority house. The phone rings and it's Brad. So the sister who answers gets Cindy and she comes to the phone and she sort of just tells them she doesn't want to talk to him right now. They don't officially break up, but. That she's sort of over it for the moment And he's like well I shouldn't have dated A fucking psych major anyway Like it's like that sort of vibe He's also because- drinking a
0: martini uh, it- yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> This is also the scene where he's wearing the Nazi um, T-shirt That's
2: incredible.
0: Yeah. Or- He like shakes a little yeah. drink and makes himself A martini it really made yeah. me laugh <laughs>
4: Yeah, he's a he's a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we then cut to a girl who's like in the same sorority house, but she's like in the common room and she's reading probably studying honestly because she's in college and you hear sort of a scratching like a rustling at the door that's in the room probably to the backyard and she walks over to it and it's like building all this tension building all this tension. She opens the door and it's the cat and she classic. the cat jumps into her arms, right? It's the very classic not jump scare, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it jumps into her arms, and you see that. Wait, is this the this is this the reveal where the cat yeah. has like s- like no eye sockets? Yeah, and there's Ew. a worm hanging out of one of the eye sockets, mm-hmm. no. and it's like it's clear the cat has been slugified. Yes, oh. like its yeah. its
0: brain is oh, no like falling out over. of its face. Yeah. Yeah, Snasty. listen.
4: and Emily. I'm so sorry. I had to bring that up. It, <laughs> yeah. it happens in the movie. I have five cats, too. I love all my kitties. But like yeah. they do scare me. One, Like I was uh, watching a TV in my bed like I do the other night. And one of my cats jumped up right next to my face and I yelled out loud like it, yeah. that scary. was a jump scare. Yeah, yeah, it's very scary. Like they're very quiet when they want to be. And they always hate you.
2: Yeah. Our <laughs> smallest, lightest cat who can appear out of nowhere. <laughs> also likes to sniff closed eyeballs. So like, yes. I'll just oh, mm, what? like whiskers on my eye. All of a sudden, I'm like, "Jesus, yeah. fuck <laughs> Should getting like silent.
4: Yeah, it's we scary. have to. Uh, we do you let them cats stay in your room when you're sleeping? Yes. Yeah, I can't do that because they they will get right in your face at like two a.m. and be like. And you're like, oh my God, Peaches, stop. Yeah, they're annoying. Peaches is my loudest cat. Like she will get (laughs) a toy in her mouth. We have like these catnip mice and Mm. she'll get one of them in her mouth and she will literally go, "Ah!" (laughs) and it's so loud. Yeah, one of our
2: cats, when she has a toy in her mouth, walks around screaming about it, just being like, look what I have. She's
4: just like so fucking jazzed about it. It's (laughs) hilarious. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite, but not at 2 a.m. in Mm -mm. front of my face. No. Anyway, so we cut back to Tom Atkins' house. He's going over old case files. Some might say about twenty-seven years old, <laughs> and he's he's very much drinking, sort of thinking about Pam, sort of reliving the night. And the phone rings. And guess what he says when he answers it? Thrill me, thrill me, baby. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. he says, "Thrill me," and it cuts to Tom just standing over the grad student's headless body. And you do see like slugs squirming down the hallway, but they don't. I don't think they see them. They don't seem to notice. Yeah. And then we cut to JC and Chris at their dorm and they hear a knock at the door and Chris goes to answer it. And it's Cindy and Chris like stumbles all over his words, mm-hmm. like trying to make up like some story about what they were doing. He, I don't know. He's like talking He's about like, was, like, as a... if Oprah walked into the room. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Like, yep, yeah. It it's like Oprah walked in and she was like, do you want a taste of the Rockies? <laughs> But It wasn't that. Why did I remember she had Coors Light? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so. Well, he invites her in, but she's like, let's go for a walk. So all three of them sort of go for a walk and it cuts to them outside. And she's explaining what happened with the cat. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like the house cat and it it's called Gordon. It's named after someone on the production team. I can't remember who it was, mm-hmm. but they named it after him. And they're talking about how like she's like, the cat was dead. We buried it. I don't know how it came back. Like, it's crazy. JC thinks she's going crazy. And of course, Chris comforts her because, you know. He's very attracted to her. Mm -hmm. So when Chris starts to comfort her, JC being the world's best wingman sees that his job is done and then says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll see you guys later. So he leaves and just leaves them alone. And it like, it literally cuts to JC walking away and he's like, I mean, she's dumb as she's crazier than crazy, but like, have fun, buddy. Like it's, (laughs) it's wild. (laughs) It, this movie does not treat women well And I am again I was gonna say, a, a, great, yeah. a
0: great friend but not great to women <laughs> Yeah
4: so I should Probably apologize again For calling this the best movie ever made It happens Thank with you. media from yeah.
0: You know all over uh, the Yeah, place. Not even from just all the all 80s the place, but. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean th- yeah Women have been treated bad in movies since I don't know mm-hmm. Gone with the wind mm-hmm. Um. Yeah Red Butler's an asshole I mean I like that story But he's an asshole Alright <laughs> So cut back to Chris and Cindy walking and we see that someone's like clearly following them. And we do see JC in a bathroom stall. So he did go to the bathroom, but he's not going to the bathroom. He's like writing on the wall as he walked in, though. We did see Mr. Minor, the Asian American fellow who they treat very poorly in this Mm. movie. We do see a zombie version of him walking down the hallway as JC goes in. So. As we see as we see JC in the stall, we hear the bathroom door open and then we hear what sounds like a head being ripped apart, slugs falling to the floor and then oh, slugs no. screaming. So naturally, Ew. yeah. So we don't see any of that, but JC does like, okay, this is not good, and he stops what he's doing, which the graffiti he was doing, and he opens the stall door and we see Mr. Miner with his head literally like split open. Yeah. And we do see slugs like scurrying about on the floor and of course JC freaks out and he like closes the stall door but he looks down and sees like a, a matchbook like one of those flippy matchbook things on the floor and he reaches down to grab it a slug goes right by his hand and he freaks out again but he eventually does build his courage back up grabs the matchbook and lights the whole matchbook on fire smart yeah and he, as he's putting the matchbook on the floor one of the slugs like jumps at it and then it shows that like they're flammable they catch on fire ah. and that slug melts away right
2: Okay. Uh-huh. okay.
4: There it yeah. is. But there's a shitload more slugs in the bathroom. So, <laughs>
2: all the matches too. So fuck. Yeah, yeah.
4: So he only had that one shot, and now he's fucked. So he does like yell for help, but he realizes that it's just him, and he's in charge of getting him out of that room because no one else can hear him. So he opens the bathroom stall door. He falls to the floor and starts to sort of army crawl towards the door, and we see the shot of the slug going towards him, and then it cuts oh. to Cindy and Chris. Uh, at the front door of their dorm and Cindy invites Chris to go to the formal with her tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like shocked, but of course he's like thrilled. Um, but she doesn't, she didn't break up with Brad. I'm just going to say that she never broke up with Brad like that. <laughs> nothing official has happened with Brad yet anyway. And he does bring that up and she doesn't even talk about it. He's like, aren't you with Brad? And she's like, why don't we just go to the formal together <laughs> anyway? Okay. okay. Uh, and then it cuts to like a little bit further back. like. It reveals the person who is following them as they walked away was Tom Atkins sort of overhearing their conversation. Mm-hmm. And he says, zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies and a date to the formal. This is a classic spanky, <laughs> spanky? Like, which like this is the first time. Yes, this is classic spanky is what he says. This is the first time he refers to Chris as spanky. And he later refers to JC as Alfalfa from mm. the little rascals, oh. but that is not established anywhere. No. Okay. You just like <laughs> sort of have to know that that's yeah. what he's referencing.
0: I, it threw me. I was confused. I was like, what? Me, me too. I looked it up. <laughs> I had to look
4: it up because I was like, wh- why would he call him Spency? Like none of that makes sense to me because little rascals is like maybe our parents' generation. I like, don't know. I, they redid
1: I, it. They redid it in the '90s. I guess I, that's
4: true, but I, I didn't. I was. I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. But yeah. Not top of mind. Not top of mind for me. Not top of mind. It was not top of mind. Right. So we cut to inside Tom's house or what I assume is Tom's Mm -hmm. house. And he's pouring Chris or Spanky a drink. I would call this grooming behavior. Mm -hmm. But Tom asks Chris if he had like a high school sweetheart. And Chris says, of course, yes. But he blew it with her. And now she doesn't want to talk to him. Do
2: you ever watch her get murdered by an X man
4: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Emily. He immediately high roads her. Do you guys ever have like that friend where you're like, hey, man, I did this really cool." cool thing. And they're like, man, I've done this really cooler thing. Just one-upping. Like Tom Atkins. One-upping. Yeah, like he like one-ups it. Just him. He asking like,
2: a question so you can get the answer that leads to the thing you want to talk about.
4: <laughs> Emily, it's almost like Tom was not listening to his response. Mm. He was just waiting for his turn to mention his axe-murdered ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. But he does. He So he goes into like how he had a high school sweetheart, but they broke up when he became a cop. And then Two weeks after he started his job, he then came onto Pam's murder scene and he talks about like how Pam was all over the car, all over the road, oh, all in gross. the woods. And oh. we do see, in oh the God. scene that we saw earlier in that flashback where we're seeing like old Tom Atkins and his young cop gear, we do see that the axe murder is like hacking over and over and over and over again. Like ah. it wasn't just a one hit. Ah. Anyway, and then it cuts back to Tom. And he says, but that's not the fun part. The fun part's what happens next. Oh, no. And Chris is, like, I think understandably, like, scared and, like, yeah. very, like, I don't want to be here it anymore. He's, like, so uncomfortable. And I think he doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it, he's, like, he realizes he's, like. You should never go with a cop to a second location you're not required to go to. And I think he's yeah. like realizing that in this moment. You really should never uh, go
2: anywhere alone with a stranger, honestly.
4: That's also true, right? But so Tom goes on to explain that he found the murderer and that he got his revenge with his 12-gauge shotgun. And then Chris, obviously Jesus. uncomfortable, is like, because Tom is like, Fully confessing to a murderer I'll, I'll say it is like a Dexter-esque Kind of murderer mm-hmm. Because he killed a murderer, right? Um, but Tom continues That he wrapped his body in plastic And buried him in a vacant lot But it's no longer a vacant lot It's the house mother's house oh At the God. sorority, Ooh. right?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah it
4: all circles back Yes, it all does circle <laughs> back So Chris, squirming, ask if there's any point to the story And then Tom <laughs> Tom calling him spanky again for no reason says that uh, that this is exactly what he is trying to find out. So he's like trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. And then we cut back. to, Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's why he was going over the case files. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So it cuts back to the house mother's cabin and she's watching plan nine or yeah. Plan nine from outer space, which is like a classic B movie. And then she hears a thump. She looks over and then doesn't hear it again. So she then looks back at her TV and then we hear thump thump, thump, just louder and louder and louder. And then we see the floor start to move. And then we see an ax go through the floor. Ah! And then we see it, it, it is very much the ax murderer coming back to life, coming out of he her got floor, slugified. but he looks Yes, but he looks more like the crypt keeper from Tales from the Crypt yeah. because his like flesh Gecomposed, is all like you yeah. know di- yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So he comes up, she is understandably frozen in fear. He lifts his axe and he swings it down, and you actually do see it hit her face and start to split her face. Yeah, okay. this is one of the gorier moments of the movie. <laughs> but it cuts to Tom Atkins' house. The phone rings, and he then says, "What, ladies?" Thrill, thrill me. Thrill me. Thrill me. Every time. Start you don't hear what the caller says. Can, oh, imagine? I know.
1: I'm, thrill me. Oh, yeah. It's so thrill annoying. <laughs> yeah. Thrill
4: I me. would do whatever. I mean, honestly, if I had the confidence, I would do it every time. <laughs> yeah. Thrill me. Oh, I'm sorry, mom. Uh, yeah. Can I call you back? and record the podcast. <laughs> so like. We don't see what the caller says, but we do see Tom Atkins grab his jacket and his 12 gauge, and then we cut to Tom in his car, and he's radioing, asking for backup, right? We then cut to the police cars like forming up behind Tom's car, and they're racing to the sorority mother's house. Tom jumps out, tells the other cops to keep searching the neighborhood, and they drive on. As he walks up to the house mother's house, another cop comes out and says some. Like pretty tasteless remark about like if they had a stretcher for every body part, it would take all day to remove the mother. He like chuckles to himself too. It's yeah, very like yeah. He's like, this is a hilarious joke. (laughs) Although one of my best friends runs the mental health like crisis response team in in town, and like is the person you call when like someone has a hostage situation. He's like the guy who goes and negotiates with that person. He's actually my co-host on the podcast. Holy shit! He. Has a very dark sense of humor because of it. Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, it's a I coping. Mean, it's coping a way coping to cope mechanism for sure. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. who deal with that level of trauma, I think. Like, okay, as we'll, a we'll job. give this guy a pass then. Uh, in the <laughs> yeah, it's still gross though. Like there are plenty of jokes Mikey has made where I'm like, "That's terrible," and I'm cutting it from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they are sort of funny. Uh, okay, but Tom sort of ignores that, and also it comes out that when they opened the door to investigate a dog ran out and they couldn't find the dog it just ran away right and
2: this dog is going to be pretty normal looking totally right absolutely and it's going to look just like a dog
4: it's going to look pretty terrible i I think you saw it and your patreon members have probably already seen it depending upon when you drop the patreon.com slash TSDW. (laughs) podcast that's right yeah check it out (laughs) check it out uh but yeah so they've already seen it it does look terrible yeah yeah So we cut to the cop car that he told to continue searching the neighborhood and they are doing just that. He's got the spotlight. He's shining it for about a minute and then calls it quits. He's like, this is dumb. We're not going to find it. And he turns to the guy who's driving the car and says, let's go. Immediately when he says, let's drive away, the crypt keeper with an ax comes and starts to swing it at them. The guy driving does see it all happen, though, and floors it. And the guy swinging the ax misses and hits sort of the back of their car and they drive away. But. It cuts to Tom and they're overhearing those police officers who just drove away calling him like, hey, we found him. We know where he is. We're chasing him. So they all start chasing him. This is one of my favorite shots because it's like 80s action and it's like an 80s action star who's like 60, like fully 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And he like jumps a fence and like lands with his shotgun and you can tell it hurt his hip. Like you just <laughs> oh. know it hurt. Like old man hurt. And he cocks, the, he cocks his shotgun and they're like in an alley, Right. Mm -hmm. And as the zombie, the ax murdering zombie sort of turns around, all the cops start shooting at him and it like is blowing out his chest, but he's still like, smiles at them after (laughs) it it's very it's sort of creepy because it's like the crypt keeper but smiling and then tom atkins who has already racked his shotgun says i already killed you once you son of a bitch and then he shoots it its head explodes and then slugs go everywhere they land on the ground and then Uh. they all go through like they run past the cops by their feet. And the Ugh. cops don't really know what the slugs are. Like they have no idea. Yeah. So like can't they be good aren't... though. No, I mean it, no, it cannot be good. <laughs> they just came but, out of a dead man's head. Right? Mm-hmm. Zombie so, head. Right. And they just like let them yeah, go. They don't away. It
0: seems concerned by the slugs as much as they should be.
2: <laughs> yeah, they definitely should be.
4: Yeah. So it does sort of crossfade to the next day, and we see Chris. Getting ready like he's getting back to the Dorm from I assume like renting his Tux for the formal Mm -hmm. and he sees two guys Walking out of the dorm he's like hey have you seen JC I haven't seen him since last night and they're like We haven't seen him since you left with him and Cindy We haven't seen Uh -uh. him since then (laughs) Uh, and Then it cuts to that evening and this is like a montage scene of all the women getting ready, all the men getting ready. But because it's the eighties, of course, all the women are naked getting ready and all the men are almost fully clothed. Like Mm -hmm. it's like naked women in a shower, men putting on a cummerbund, which is (laughs) not (laughs) equivalent levels of nudity. Right. Anyway. So also while it's like cutting between those two, like getting ready for the formal montage you see slugs rushing towards places, right? It's just like quick cuts of slugs and it cuts to Chris looking real sharp in his dorm. And then we see a tape recorder on JC's desk with a note under it that says like, listen, and a, like a arrow to the tape recorder. So he goes and grabs the tape recorder and listens to it. And this is like, I get sort of emotional at this moment because oh. like, it's JC fully like talking to him, having recorded it. And he says, Like a slug got inside me. It got in through my mouth. I can feel it taking over my brain. I don't have a pulse or a heartbeat. I think I'm dead. Chris, uh, JC tells Chris how he (sighs) killed one with fire uh, and that he's going to go to the furnace room of the dorm to see if he can like prevent the... Eggs that they're laying in his brain from getting out and infecting other people. Oh my god! It's really sweet. Like I like there are moments in this movie where I like get like teared up. I'm a very emotional person. I apologize, (laughs) but like it's it's very sad. And he literally says, "I love you. Good luck with Cindy."
1: It's, oh my God. it's so sweet. J C is the hero. The hero. I know.
4: J C is
0: the. In best. my head, I'm like, well, obviously they're gonna find some way to like reverse this, and he'll be back and good as ever. <laughs> or like
4: Shaun of the Dead, where like at right. the end of the movie, they his best friend, be friend's still a zombie, yeah. but they're still friends, right? Yeah but no so chris immediately runs down to the furnace room and you do he does sort of find jc's body but it does show that he was able to kill all of the slugs that were coming out so he is successful in saving the slugs that were in his brain from like killing other people but he is fully dead
1: jesus yeah jc
4: rest in peace i know rest in peace jc gone but not forgotten Uh, (laughs) but we cut to the betas who have fully forgotten about jc Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. getting on a bus to go to the formal and you see two betas talking and one's like hey where's brad and the other one's like he's not going he's pissed that uh cindy broke up with him or won't go with him to the formal and then it cuts to brad outside cindy's sorority drinking like fully drunk drinking and then he like throws the I don't know, Jack Daniels or whatever, into her yard, calling her a bitch like, as he throws oh it. Cause, Lord. you know, he's a classy mm-hmm. dude. And as he does that, a slug sort of goes between his feet and he sees it. He looks down and he like crouches down to like where it went into the grass. And then you see the house mother's dog walking up to him. And then he looks at the dog and says, "Did you see that?" fully expecting the dog to answer, probably because he's drunk. <laughs> and the dog looks up and you see a slug go from the dog's mouth into his mouth.
3: Oh, Ew! Gosh, that's so gross. <laughs>
4: yeah. So, we cut back to the bus full of betas heading to the formal they've left. One of them stands up and yells, "We're going to get done, dudes!" <laughs> because I guess why not it was the 80s and things were terrible yeah. uh, and then we cut to Tom in his house listening to some easy listening trying to forget the zombies who head has just exploded and the slugs that left it uh, and then we hear like hissing from the kitchen and then we hear a knock knock at the door mm. Tom angrily gets up goes to the door rips duct tape from around the door and, like jam oh my god right?
0: he was he trying to kill himself i didn't catch this
4: sammy i did we will get I didn't to didn't it. catch that we <laughs> will get to it I was so like, he pulls he the duct tape, tape off <sighs> and he opens the door and it's spanky or chris as we know him because that's his mm-hmm. name in the movie Hat. and then mm-hmm. chris crying says to him that they got alfalfa which is the first time jc has ever called alfalfa in the movie weird like, it's so wild to me that in this moment chris would have like the ability to think he calls me spanky so he must thank my friend <laughs> who he's met once like we've never had alfalfa, this conversation and i'm fully having this emotional meltdown but i'm gonna like call him alfalfa it's nuts and like we are not friends <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But he does, he does explain what JC explained to him in the tape. Good. Okay. They like lay eggs in your brain. They get in through your mouth and then you walk around while they incubate. And then we cut to. That
2: is fucking nasty. (laughs) It is.
4: It is real gross. And Tom is not a fan either. So he, Mm -hmm. we cut to his kitchen. You see him holster his pistol, put on his jacket. We see him then close the oven door and turn the oven gas off
0: oh okay.
1: so yes sammy
4: he was fully trying to end his I life think
0: part of me okay. was was set on oh like God. the fire killing the slugs so my brain was like well he must have preemptively been trying to kill some slugs and only after he you re-mentioned the tape on the door i was like oh jesus christ he was trying to kill himself <laughs> yeah that's fucking dark yes that's- very sad
4: it is nuts yeah so we cut back to the beta <sighs> bus and the everyone's drinking and like throwing alcohol bottles around and the bus driver turns around and says hey guys Calm down or I'm stopping the bus And as he turns back around we see what Very much looks like a like Teddy Ruxpin dog But with his face missing Just standing in the road The bus driver swerves to miss it And you hear an accident sound We don't actually see it And it cuts to the police station Where Tom and Spanky or Chris as we know him Are mm-hmm. talking to I don't know what they call him But like the requisition officer He's like the guy you check out guns from Yeah. Right? Okay, he's like the gun librarian at the police station. I don't know gun what you call that person. Is good. Yeah. I think that's and that's right. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. This is sort of a cameo. This guy who plays the gun, ra- the gun librarian, for lack of the actual <laughs> term, he is in Gremlins and Gremlins 2.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah.
4: So he, Tom, asks for your basic garden variety flamethrower, which they actually happen to have. So the guy from Gremlins Two goes and gets the flamethrower and puts it down, and he's behind like a grate, like a yeah. he's like fenced in back mm-hmm. there, and he's like, just give me the paperwork, and I'll give you the flamethrower, and then Tom uses his shotgun and points it at him and says, well, we're going to have a problem with the paperwork or something like yeah. that. And then it cuts to the bus crash scene where the mm. house mother's dog is walking up to the now like fully crashed bus and he climbs in the bus. Mm. And then we cut to the sorority house. There's a knocking at the door and a girl answers, but it's zombie Brad at the, at the door. Oh, no. And she even makes like a comment like, Brad, what are you She's doing? Like, like, As it's- if Brad, <laughs> I know Like why would you show up Looking like a zombie
2: he, uh. ew, get yourself together Brad
4: <laughs> You're so ridiculous Anyway so she calls for Cindy Because she's like I'm not dealing with Brad On his prettiest of days I'm definitely not dealing with Brad On his zombiest of days mm-hmm. So Cindy mm-hmm. comes up And takes him And they sit down On their sort of front Which he's like
0: fully Looks like a zombie And nobody no- notices yeah. <laughs> She
4: grabs him by the yeah. hand And is like listen Brad <laughs> Oh my god Yes, yes. And while they're doing this, it cuts back to the bus and you see like zombie fists like breaking out and they're like, it's just the the beta guys who are now full zombies like getting out of the bus and walking down the street fully like they're about to start the thriller music video. (laughs) so we cut to bradster and cindy on the like the front stoop if you will of the sorority house and she's doing that very 80s thing where she like turns away from him but is talking to him and he's like behind her and she's oh yeah she even says and this is what drives me crazy i feel like she was not breaking up with brad but like back burnering brad so she could go on one date with chris because she's like it doesn't mean that things are over forever i just need a little time like it's that sort of a thing Mm -hmm. she might also be fully breaking up with him but doesn't like confrontation I'm not judging Cindy's methods I'm just saying that there's probably a more healthy way of dealing with this but mm-hmm. she's young. I get it. It's fine. Anyway, while she's having this conversation, you see Brad's like head, but it's clearly on like some sort of conveyor belt because slugs keep falling out of his it's mouth. just like bloop, like, bloop. Like it's <laughs> like a Nickelodeon <laughs> show. Yeah. Like Ew. it's very like low budget, silly. And I fully love it. You also see him like land on the ground and skitter away, mm-hmm. which <laughs> to me is very funny. And then it cuts to further back. And I mean, sorry, it actually cuts to... Cindy like turning around and then you see like real Brad with a slug, like at the edge of his mouth about to jump into hers. Oh, and yeah. as he's leaning in, you hear someone say, Cindy, get away from it. And then Cindy turns and you see Tom shoot him in the head and his head splits apart. This one, you actually do see the bullet hit the, the head splits apart and slugs start pouring out of it. And, Chris is right there with the flamethrower to like oh, burn up all yeah. the slugs. Yeah. So like his slugs don't get away either, except for the ones that were getting out during the conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I forgot to mention the guy from Gremlins 2, the the police station gun librarian. Mm-hmm. He did mention that the pilot light on the flamethrower will go out for like plot based reasons. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 <laughs> Thank That'll you come gun. back. Thank you. <clears throat> gun librarian. Yes. The guy from Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Uh, so Tom hands the 12 gauge shotgun to Chris and he runs inside the sorority house. And one of the girls is like, what are you doing old man? I'm going to call the police. And he's like, you do that. Like, please call the police. <laughs> like he's like trying to get them to call the cops. And he is like trying to hold down the main level of the house. Cause he knows they're like under attack. And then it cuts back to Chris and Cindy. And he's like apologizing to Cindy for like murdering her boyfriend <laughs> and then burning him. And then she's like very like, Stoically stunned faced and he like hands Her the 12 gauge shotgun and says hold This no she gets You'll the flamethrower she doesn't. So, okay, uh-oh, in this uh-oh, shot, uh-oh. he hands her the shotgun. He has the flamethrower on his back. It then cuts to inside the sorority house, Tom sort of setting up defenses uh-huh. and then cuts to the zombie betas walking to the house. And then it cuts to Chris and Cindy and she's wearing the flamethrower Just like and he's holding the shotgun. Continuity it's like thing? a continuity <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. wild. It is great. Oh, sorry, but before it cuts to... Chris and Cindy where they've switched weapons it does cut to Tom looking out the window and again you have seen this and the Patreon people have seen this because mm-hmm. it was in the trailer and mm-hmm. this is where Tom says well ladies I've got some bad news for you the good news or some good news and some bad news mm-hmm. for you the good news is your dates are here and then one girl goes what's the bad news <laughs> and he says they're dead <laughs> classic classic classic, classic. classic 80s fun. line Yeah, we're having a good time so this is where we cut yeah well, they're having a laugh
2: this man just moments after attempting suicide just (laughs) (laughs) feeling really good
4: moments after trying to complete suicide he literally is in their house as an old man none of them know who he is he is an armed old man in a sorority house we all feel good about it. millions of red flags going off every we all feel
2: good about it
4: right and if you know anything about tom atkins in movies and like the women they usually pair him with you're like, oh, he should not be around. This oh, like God. He should not be allowed within like 100 yards of a college campus. Anyway, <laughs> so it cuts to Chris and Cindy outside and they are very much like Chris is blasting the zombie betas with the shotgun, and then she quickly burns them. So it like kills the slugs, right? Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to inside the house and they're breaking inside the house and Tom is shooting them with the pistol. And he literally, as one of the girls is still getting ready for the formal, she has like an aqua net, like hairspray in her, her hand. He takes it, takes his cigarette and uses it to make a flamethrower and burns up all the slugs that fell on the It's yeah. so resourceful. He shot. It's perfect. awesome. I, I do love Tom Atkins. He is amazing Mm -hmm. so we're sort of cutting back and forth a little bit between like what's going on outside what's going on inside outside they're fighting off all the zombies outside and some are getting inside tom's dealing with those tom sort of gets his gun knocked out of his hand and they're like he's like wrestling with one of them and he's like fighting and fighting and he looks up in the room that he's in and he sees the sorority like photo on the wall from 1959 and it like shows all of the girls that were in the sorority and then you see pam and it Mm. zooms in on pam and he like 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 the grinch whose heart grew three sizes he like grew the will to live so he like grabs (laughs) the gun and then fights his way in the (laughs) room and like kills all of the zombies that are in there and of course outside chris and cindy more or less do the same thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and chris and Cindy as we cut to them outside doing that they sort of get cornered in like this garden shed area and like they're trying to like kill all the zombies and one of them grabs through like the shed he grabs Chris and pulls him out and then Cindy shoves the flamethrower like right in his face and burns him up so it saves Chris she backs up and then another zombie grabs her from the other side and pulls her out and as Guys, this is next-level ridiculous. As she's, like, fighting him off, fighting him off, he grabs the lawnmower that's in the garden shed, pulls it, like, three times until it starts. And then as it starts, he's like, get off of him! And she rolls, and the head is exposed of the zombie, and she rolls out of the way, clearly. And then Chris lawnmowers the guy's face. Perfect, perfect. Chef's kiss, <laughs> like Salt Bay. It's so, it's so. The good. effect
0: is so funny too, because it's like I think they literally just like painted on the frame. Like it, it looks. I was like, this, is this looks so. Oh, you mean the blood yeah, splatter? It
4: looks like it's painted yeah. on the frame. So the
2: way that. Oh, that's funny. The way they
4: do it is they do show the lawnmower and it does have a blade on it. And then the, as he pushes it towards him, it shows like a camera view from like behind where the blade would be on a on a like lawnmower Mm -hmm. but it looks more like a air conditioning vent with like a fan (laughs) and it just like gets closer to his face and then i think they do paint blood on the screen yeah Ah. so we cut back to tom there are like a bunch of dead zombie zombies all around him and so we we see that he is fine we cut back to chris and cindy outside and they see slugs rushing towards the basement and chris is like that's weird what's in the basement and uh cindy's like storage boxes nothing really uh, there's a science project. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> the so brains, then it cuts the to, <laughs> yeah. the it's the brains. Uh, so I it cuts to like some guess? regular stored stuff and a uh, bunch of human oh, brains. Oh fuck!
0: Brains. That's right, yeah. Yeah. human oh, brains. Shit. Damn it,
2: Heather!
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not a named character, but that's my sister's name, so that's mm-hmm. what I usually mm-hmm. yell. Uh, so we cut to Chris and Cindy walking through the house, literally yelling at everyone to leave. And the girls, like, they're very fine to just leave because some crazy shit's going down. So Chris and Cindy make their way into the basement. They find Tom, who already knows what the slugs are doing. And he knows enough about the slugs. And we know this because he has duct tape over his mouth. Which is so smart.
0: And why haven't people been doing this the whole time?
4: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But- he threw the duct tape is like, no, 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 get out of here. And we see that he is like splashing gas all mm. over the basement floor. Mm. And then like we see, I think it's Cindy that has a flashlight and she illuminates the corner where I guess the brains were. And like, it's a wall full of slugs, like just Ew. like creepy crawling. It's, it's pretty gross. Now, Chris tries to blast the slugs on the wall with a flamethrower, but the pilot light went out. So a slug at that moment lunges towards Tom, and he grabs it with his hand out of the air and oh. says, don't you even think about it, you son of a bitch. Oh my God, amazing! And then he drops it, and it runs back to the pile like it's been scolded by his father. Very, it's very funny. So Tom, realizing the flamethrower is out of commission, he grabs the gas can again and starts, like, sprinkling it on the floor and starts counting down from 20. And as he does, Chris and Cindy, like, Start to walk out of the basement. And as he gets to like 17, 18, Chris looks at him, him and Tom lock eyes. Tom winks and Chris nods in acknowledgement of the sacrifice that Tom is about to make. Oh my so God. So Tom continues counting down, pouring gas in the basement. <clears throat> Cut to Chris and Cindy running out of the house, and they are now doing the countdown with sort of, you know, in conjunction mm-hmm. with tom doing the countdown mm-hmm. they get outside it cuts back to tom at five four three two and the slugs that are in the corner start to jump towards him this is the Aww. part i get really emotional too. so it cuts to chris outside i'm like about to cry it cuts to chris outside he says chris says one and then says detective thrill me And then the house explodes. It is so. It's like very touching. So I'm like teary-eyed. Okay. Um. Excuse me. So. Like, and it blows up like way more than a house with gasoline in the basement would blow up. Like there's, it's like dynamite levels that blow up. <laughs> it doesn't like blow up the whole house, but the whole house is on fire. We see police arriving. We see like Chris and um, Cindy sort of holding each other. Uh, and she says, um, nice tux. They kiss. And then you would think like that's the movie. And I think this is maybe where it deviates from the theatrical cut. Because... Okay. We cut to a burnt Tom Adkins walking down the street. Cigarette still lit, and he falls down dead. His head explodes. Slugs shoot out of it. No. We follow those slugs as they scurry under a gate. The camera pans up to reveal that it is Crest Ridge Cemetery? The camera continues to pan over to a headstone and we see like a spotlight, what looks sort of like a police spotlight, but but, but from like a helicopter Mm -hmm. on like the headstone. And then it searches around. It doesn't find anything. And the spotlight goes out. The camera pans up and we see the alien ship from before and other spotlights start to go out and search for i guess slugs or slug sign or whatever you call it mm-hmm. and that's the movie <laughs>
1: Oh my! Wait, sammy did you see that yes. ending? was that the ending yes. oh i
0: okay, love okay. it did you watch it yeah, on amazon I, amazon yep. yeah
4: i think that's the only one that's available to rent on amazon yep. but i do think the theatrical cut is different and doesn't have that page who is also one of our co-hosts she is the one that usually like takes us through yep. it and she did when we did the episode on it like she had seen both mm-hmm. I think So she called out the differences mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember that being as one of the differences
1: yeah. Oh my god But that, that was, is Night of the Creeps That was way wow. more fun Than like the just the trailer I feel like shows oh, It's yeah. a yeah. really
4: fun movie I mean movie. We cried. I it really is the it. best of it. Yeah.
1: I loved it. Uh, mostly because of the detective. Mostly because of his oh, lines yeah. he fucking that are ruled. completely nonsensical.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he, inter- he introduces himself as Bullwinkle the Moose. Uh, like, oh, my God. <laughs> so great. I it's also, so great.
2: I love when flamethrowers enter the plot of any movie. Like, fuck. Okay. Yeah.
4: I mean, like, the best horror movies use them. Night of the Creeps. The thing mm-hmm. Like they are Like in every Great horror movie Property Yeah mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep
1: <laughs> Oh my god That was Riveting Todd Thank you w- what? Thank So
4: much Loved so it. it Loved it Fun Truly fact, loved this it This is This is Tom Atkins Favorite movie He's ever mm. done <gasps>
1: Yes it's a, For good it's reason It's a good one For yeah.
4: good reason Yeah It is truly amazing
1: <laughs> Oh my Damn. god I feel like the ending, that little like they were probably hoping for a sequel, right? There isn't. A, is there a sequel to this? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so,
4: Hen- Henry, the
2: mere idea that there could be. it made oh, right, five hundred dollars to make, right, it and it 500,
4: made five hundred dollars. <laughs> They're not making more. So, they are I don't think there's going to be more. another one. unless, t- unless Tom can self finance it. I don't think it's going to happen. I God do want to see that that
0: Alien Origin movie, though. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
4: Cause and those babies, I, when I tell you they look like babies, just know that they look like babies, but like terrible, wrinkly. Like they're six foot tall. <laughs> they're like scary. wrinkly. It looks scary. It looks like they're gooch like in nature. <laughs> But it's also
0: like their faces don't move. It was my favorite part about them no. is that they're kind of just yes. like as if yeah, they're yeah. just masks. And so there's a part where no, like zoom zooms in on one of their faces, and it's I think supposed to be like a menacing moment, a menacing expression. But I'm like, I guess I can't say for sure because that's what <laughs> that's all of their expressions. It's one. It's just <laughs> one expression.
1: There's only one option. I feel like I could watch this movie. I think you could. You absolutely. I think could, probably yeah. I feel everybody like I could, could watch this movie. It sounds like a lot
0: of fun. This is a good Mm -hmm. one. It was very, very fun. I was, I was very delighted. I
4: had a great time watching this.
0: So thank you for picking it, Todd. What a great choice. Thank you for picking it, Todd. I honestly
4: only picked it because you sent me a list of uh, movies you had done Mm -hmm. and I, the deal i made with myself when i agreed to sort of come on was <laughs> that i would only do a scary movie if it was like one that meant something to me like the ritual the mm. invitation both of those mm-hmm. movies just because of like past traumas in my own life like really sort of spoke to me mm. even though they were very scary and creepy yeah. i considered watching one of those again and then i saw that you had done both of those yep. and i was like okay well what mm. what if, what if people requested and you sent me that list too and i saw night of the creeps and i was like oh well, that's done. 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 So I'm doing that dun one. Done yeah. yeah. and done.
1: This was yeah. a fun one, too. It was like. Yeah, I had yeah. a good at- time, which is not always the case.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
1: It's, it's also hard to recreate like kind of like a funny horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a lot of that is in the moment. You know what I mean? Retelling it is difficult. So seriously, yeah, I, you did. The I, job. When
4: I, so I didn't think it would be that difficult. And then I was watching through it this morning and like making notes. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm gonna sound like an insane person (laughs) in this in this recap. And then like that's why I took like I I did like uh, a number count on how many words. I wrote (laughs) six thousand and sixty words. You have to make sure like you say certain things to set up things that pay off later. So like Mm -hmm. yeah, like Mm -hmm. I was I tried. It's It's harder It's harder than people think. It's harder than people think. It's harder than people think. It's
2: harder harder than you think. It's harder than you think. This (laughs) is why we
4: make page This is why we make Paige on our podcast do the outlines. And also she's like a comic who lives in L.A. So like she's like really good at making things funny. And Mikey Mm -hmm. and I are just good at like being silly. And I, of course, don't like horror movies. So like I'm there to be like, no, I fucking hated this movie because it's great.
2: (laughs) Well, and speaking of, so we've mentioned it, but, but Todd, tell people a little bit about The Horror Virgin and where they can check you guys out.
4: So, yeah, this is the Horror Virgin on every podcast app. We're on all social media as Horror Virgin. And it really is just, it started four years ago as three friends one of which hated horror movies and two of which wanted to torture me specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've actually, I'm the only original member of the podcast. So if you go to listen to them, listen to the newer episodes first, before you go back to the old episodes, because you will be like, huh, Paige sounds different on this episode. <laughs> and it's because it's a fully different person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, and Mikey is, uh, he joined about 30 episodes in and Paige joined about 122 episodes in, mm-hmm. but okay. We all started this podcast 4 years ago in various forms and then we also started another podcast where we do por- more or less the same thing but with romantic comedies called Romancing the Pod. Oh, so if cute. you like romance and romantic comedies check out Romancing the Pod.
2: Oh, that's great. Love I that. love that. Something for everyone.
4: Yeah, right?
0: Uh, well yeah thank you so much for coming on this this has been very
1: what fun what a treat
4: thank you so much for having me and I do apologize this is like a long episode for you guys it's okay. this, oh, was really this fun. is
0: great no
1: this, this really is great. two
4: hours <laughs> <laughs> this is great
0: yeah uh, and we usually close out with a voice was there a voice in this that we can do kind of not really I, mean, I feel like we can
1: just uh, we can just say thrill me thrill me oh, yeah I mean maybe. Maybe. Thrill me. Thrill me. I was gonna say obviously obviously that. that
0: okay from <laughs> yeah. all of us here at too scary didn't watch Thrill me.
1: Thrill me. Thrill me. Goodbye. Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. Alright, we love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios.